Kind of funny. This is the when we played this song. Do you want to hit me by Culture Club? Welcome everyone. Um, I was like thinking that must be like some sort of different rendition because I do not understand. No. <laughs> I do not understand. Like I actually turned to Ricky before the show and I went, "Is it actually Culture Club? Uh, do you want to hit me? Or is this a different version?" Because I was like thinking the intro is different. There was a baseline in the middle. I didn't recognise that. Yeah, it might have been because I haven't heard it for a long time. Yeah, there's that. Or um, um, can we have a bit of quiet in the background, please? <laughs> Hello, can we be? 
we're, we're, yeah, sorry, I just um, people to our guests in the background. I could hear so through my headphones. So, um, but yeah, um, so they'll be on in uh, about ten minutes' time. But hello, everyone. Welcome to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM ninety eight point eight FM. I'm Stephen. Obviously, my co-host is Mr. Ricky. Hello, hello. Um, <laughs> how are you, sir? <laughs> What's that sound like? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Roger. Oh, it's um, it's Gary off uh, Howard Stern when he had that. Oh, he was oh. in his um, in his um, uh, I want you back tape. Yeah. Where he goes. We text him over. Hello, hello. And that fun times but yeah so uh, welcome to our first edition of March on uh, 8th we're going to be here till 2pm and it's Mentally Sound a show all about mental health um, I, we say all about mental health we'll, we'll talk about um, a lot of different subject matters um, but yeah um, so it's not going to be a depressed fest we, we, you know, we, we talk about all sorts of different things but with the, with the um, ongoing um, discussion about mental health and all the sort of uh, ramifications of that. Um, so yeah, um, as per usual, Ricky, uh, who who is uh, um, books the guests, is in another fantastic job. We have a jam-packed show of people. Uh, so to run down the list, which is actually useful for my editing, so I know um, if when I when I write these lunches for people to hear, <laughs> but when we actually put this up as a podcast, I know who's been on, um, which is kind of nice. Have a point so, um, of reference. Yeah, I have a point of reference, so I can listen back to myself and go, yeah, that's that's who is on, because obviously this is <laughs> ongoing changes because we have last minute cancellation yeah. to all that kind of thing um, so Rosie and Michael um, who are waiting patiently from the British Red Cross actually Rosie was on the 28th of December um, or like end of year review she was actually the only guest on that episode uh, so that was nice and so she's brought a Michael with us to talk about um, social isolation again which was a lot of stuff the British Red Cross because they're not actually far from this building um, so they're going to talk about that in about sort of 7-8 minutes time uh, we have Brian Semple who is from Money and Mental Health Policy Institute which is a think tank's launch by money saving expert Martin Lewis um, from ITV-ish fame this morning that kind of thing it conducts research and develop policy proposals to break the devastating link between mental illness and money problems um, he's going to be on the phone and join us about quarter to one we have Di Keller, who's the head of workplace wellbeing at Be Wellbeing, which is a group established by Tyne, Tyneside and Northumbria Mind to provide specialist solutions to organisations on improving the health and wellbeing of their employers, which sounds excellent he's going to be joining us in the second hour just at the beginning and uh, nikki who is a friend of the show from uh, back to balance uh, the returning guest and she's going to do monthly monthly contributions now because we had a meeting with her uh, last week which um, was really nice um, and I think the, the discussion that we want to talk about is motivation um, this is something I, I thought was an interesting subject matter because people apparently um, quit their jobs around about this time or think about quitting their jobs and how, how January went um, well also it's like um, when we make those New Year's resolutions it's usually around March time where we think uh, is it going to be? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah. maybe I should start it now because yeah. I never started it. You know. Yeah. All that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. Um, and also as well, because I always forget to say this at the beginning, um, is if you wanted to um, get in touch with us, if any of them guests sound appealing. Uh, obviously, you can in, you can tweet us while they are being interviewed. But we are at underscore mentally sound on Twitter. I have it open on the computer next to me. So if you have any questions for me, Ricky, any of the guests, or any 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 subject matter, we are we are. Pretty pretty open book as if you listen to us regularly you'll know that um and yeah so whatever comes up is what we what we discuss but um so yeah so all we're going to do now is kind of just have a little bit me and ricky gonna have a little bit of a catch-up um so obviously we were two weeks we were on two weeks ago so how have you been since then my good sir generally well but uh, i would say last weekend i had a bit of a bad cold and 
I don't know if you've with you, Steve, but when you sort of have a, like minor physical sort of ailments, yes. illness, does it how does it affect your mental health? Because I, I think, it, despite my cold being quite minor, yeah. it didn't stop me from doing most things I was going to do anyway. But obviously, the big thing, you know, when they say listen to your body. So if you if you're into like fitness, you know, I'm into my running. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't run, and I found out God, it, it really kind of affected me in a way to the point where I, I did kind of get down about it. Um, oh. But then you have to sort of you know. Um, you have to look after yourself in order to get through, and you know. Probably as well, looking at things with a perspective to go, it, it is just a minor thing, as yeah. you were saying. But um, yeah, it's funny. As my first reaction when you said that was um, the thing that really irritates me in terms of just uh, that, that it, it's minor and that shouldn't bother me as much as it does. Is when my nose gets irritated. Okay. Um, I always seem to like suffer some sort of allergies or something like that. And um, does it have a knock-on effect? Like, it, it, I just because it just it, it's it's it feels like something you can't do anything about, and yeah, it's just like this yeah, really irritating thing. thing. Yeah. Um, so that bugs me more than anything. But um, I don't know whether or not it's just I'm sensitive in that area or something like that. But um, but no, no. Usually when like um I have some sort of ailment, I'm quite good at sort of um ignoring that situation. Right. But okay. it does obviously if if I if I already am feeling kind of antsy or whatever the right word is um yeah of course it can affect I've you to get to work and everything but i just you know because running um is so intrinsic into my like routine now it's like mm-hmm. if i miss one i restart to feel it yeah which i like to think is a good thing which means that it helps you stick at it it's probably something we'll talk about with nikki like later on in terms yeah. of motivation so yeah i thought it's an interesting subject matter that was something we discussed in our meeting about what so we're going to basically do kind of ironically kind of mentioned this morning with martin lewis kind of had this morning feel to it as we're going to we're yeah. going to tackle a certain subject matter but um, we hope to be way more entertaining than this one <laughs> sorry Martin <laughs> but yeah um, but that's just personal opinion but, uh, um, no actually I do think uh, it is a good uh, show but sometimes they're talking about really ridiculous things we talked about it off air um, yeah like yeah sometimes they kind of do talk about some really bizarre things and um, you know it always finds like whenever we tune in because obviously you know I look after my uh, daughter and sometimes during the day this morning's left on and um, they they always seem to want to get like a really weird um, situation and and kind of like so it comes across a little bit as mocking them a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that that's the, the one thing I find. But then again, I think with the people the the type of stuff that these people have went through, I mean, it probably comes across that. Way. They kind of probably work really hard to try and make it not. I think come when you, that way. it's like when um, a lot of daytime shows, we we generally ask why do people get on there, but it's it's as we know behind the scenes. It's a case of I'm not I'm, I'm not going to use the word bribery, but you know there's the money offer, there's the free travel, there's the hotel, and if you can get on get on air and and and, and tell your story, it's like you know Andy Wall said you know get your 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the thing with shows like that, it's essentially a magazine show, so they go from the sublime to ridiculous, and and too often I think at times because they do touch on important matters, but then I think. Okay, you've covered something really cool there, and, and well, well done, well thought out. And now we're going to talk about make makeovers for your grannies. I think that fifteen minutes of fame, which is an interesting subject matter to talk, about, we could probably talk about this later. Is uh, as a nice segue is to say, I think people um, go b- uh, too much above and beyond to. Uh, uh, 
uh, we get that 15 minutes of yeah. famous and they bear their soul and, and are willing yeah. to do anything just to get on telly and I think re- that you be, I'm basically referring to the fact that reality TV is quite I think it's also appalling. exploitation because yes exactly you know, of course it is yeah um, I think people makers of such shows are aware that these people are, have a degree of vulnerability and, and, and it's like that program with a stick yeah, to go yeah. please please do break down because uh, it's entertaining yeah. that's the thing yeah. that I have a real real issue with is I don't find it entertaining well that stuff seems so down. 90s now you know like when Jerry Br- Springer all that started and yeah. it just seems so outdated now I know Jerry Springer now seems fairly mild yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> exactly. there you go yeah. um, I can't believe that, that that was on the I don't know if it's still on the air but I remember checking that not that long ago and Jerry Springer was still making episodes um, oh the show I, yeah the show yeah it's still uh, going it's still but going. I, would, I would recommend that his, his actual podcast is a lot better yeah I heard it was good talks politics um, and yeah because he used to be mayor of like something Cincinnati I was going to guess and that and he got in trouble yeah anyway right okay so what we're going to do now because we've got our, um, our guest waiting patiently we're going to play Pencil for the Lead by Paolo Antini which is a fantastic song also it's two and a half minutes which is perfect <laughs> and uh, so we're going to play that and then we're going to talk to Rosie and Michael from the British Red Cross in the studio right after this For my head, I got a pencil full of lead and some water for my soda. I got buttons for my coat and sails on my boat. So much more than I needed before. I got money in the meter and a turbine. I eat the road now, it's getting off the road. So they get sweeter. I got legs on my tails and a head for a hair. Holding up pan and some shoes on my feet. I got a shelf full of books and most of my teeth. Two pairs of socks and a door with a lock. I got food in my belly and a license for my telly. And nothing's going to bring me down. Guitar and ties in my car, I got most of the means and scripts for the scenes. I'm out and about, so I'm in with a shout. I got a favorite chat, but better than that. Food in my belly and a license for my daddy, and nothing's gonna bring me down. I'm out of blowing that heart. Bring me down. What did 
Welcome back, everybody. Um, Paolo Nantini, fantastic, fantastic singer with Pencil Full of Lead, which I haven't heard in a while. And I think I did play that, actually, a while ago um, on this very show. But um, it, it's funny, because we never usually take, like, a sort of 15-minute break, but I thought it just kind of made sense, and I was kind of in the mood to play a song, and, and that was, like, sort of perfect. So there you go. Um, so welcome back to Mentally Sound, obviously, as we said. As we touched on, uh, at underscore Mentally Sound, if you have any questions for us, um, you know, anything about, you know, the subject matter we're about to talk about with the British Red Cross, or um, which is we're going to talk about loneliness and social isolation which we talked about Rosie uh, on the 28th of December um, which is our end of year review show so Rosie's been on before and Michael who we're going to talk to from the British Red Cross so hello guys hello welcome to the show everybody thank you uh, welcome back Rosie first of all thanks um, are you ha- is it nice to be in the studio yeah yeah it's nice to see you <laughs> nice, nice, nice to see <laughs> you tell like you're doing the um, um, Bruce <laughs> nice, nice to see you yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic to talk to the British Red Cross because so, obviously anyone listening to this would have heard of the British Red Cross, heard um, you know sort of the I guess people have their own sort of um, implications about what what that means or whatnot. So um, I think the best thing to start with because we've talked to Rosie before is to talk to Michael first of all um, to ask what your role is in the British Red Cross and uh, that kind of thing. So do you want to start with that? Yeah, fine. My role is that of a community connector. Um, what that. What that means is, what it says, I connect the dots in the community and I get people referred to me who are lonely and isolated mm-hmm. and through conversations with those people, we try to find activities that they would like to mm-hmm. be part of and then introduce them into those activities and support them on their journey to become reconnected with life, really. Community connectors, then, is that is that sort of your version of, like, a, a sort of a, the BRC's version of, like, a signposting thing, where you, sort of, as you say, connect the dots, sort It's of? a lot more than signposting. Yeah. Um, we get people, we always class people that were something sent to us as being signposted in. Right, okay. We don't just um, find something and hand people over. Mm-hmm. We work with people for up to 12 weeks. Yep. And in that time... Hopefully we'll help them build their confidence, mm-hmm. we'll hopefully help them um, establish themselves in a group, mm. and then really want to continue to attend uh-huh. that group. Right. And it can be from any age, from you know, we take them from 18 up to uh-huh. whatever, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. We've had a 96-year-old man, and when I spoke to him and said, "What can? how can I help you, he said, find me a woman. <laughs> and it took me a but we can you know it's all going very well that's great <laughs> there's so many connotations I'm yeah. thinking of here when you said that but all within legal grounds <laughs> um, but um because uh, one of the things we talked to Rosie about, and we'll ask we'll ask Rosie some stuff in a second. So, but Michael, um, you mentioned helping like ninety six. Did you say there? So around about that age. Um, one of the subject matters I talk about on this show a lot is that my mom is seventy three, and uh, she she's just moved into a residential home. And I and it, one and one of the things that I strongly talk more about now is social isolation is the idea of that you know and one of more importantly i use my mom as an example but find that it happens across all ages it's not necessarily an, an old person's thing but it's it's often perceived that way and i just wanted you to talk about in your experience just how like examples of, of showing that social isolation happens across the board not just and and also in your experience how do you how do you um help somebody overcome that since since i've been uh, working in this uh, this this role i've had people from the ages of 18 
right the way up as I say to um, to 96 and how we help them overcome it is to have the conversation and help them to understand what they actually want out of me yeah how can I it's not how it's how can I help them so you know we've had we've had a 45 year old gentleman who was paralysed through a stroke down his left hand side we've had him back to sailing which he en- thoroughly enjoys Great. he's now out there at, uh, mm-hmm. up Jewish Bay and he sails on the lake there Great. by himself and we've, we've established him with mm-hmm. that we've had an 18 year old boy who tried to commit suicide and we've got him back into um, being included in his family included in various activities and he's flying falcons and wow. owls and what have you and we used the we use those falcons and owls to help build his yeah. confidence up. Mm-hmm. So it, it's what fits Peter, not what fits Paul. Of course. What yeah. do you want, yeah. and how can we help? Mm-hmm. Um, we've been up to East Hartford, and we've got a beautiful um, community centre there that's not used. And we've knocked every door in the village, 275 doors, and we've said, we're here, we're coming to see us. And we're putting on a black and white movie there next Wednesday. We've got a tea dance organised to start bringing the community mm-hmm. together. Like to use the centre again, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because people forget that they're there. Yeah. And it's so easy to sit behind the door mm-hmm. and say, yeah. there's nothing here for me. There's nothing on. Mm-hmm. With the example of the 18-year-old there, I mean, do you find that there's been a, a rise, a sharp rise in, 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 in young, feeling lonely and isolated? And if so, yes. what, what would you put that down to? It's think sometimes it's just life pressure mm-hmm. um, it's being bullied at school well, that, that that young lad was mm-hmm. um, he got himself a job he was bullied in the workplace and it's how people react and his reaction was to close himself down yeah. and to become isolated in his room mm-hmm. and once that happens people find it difficult to break yeah. out and unless there's somebody there who's not strong, but stronger than them and is willing to listen mm-hmm. and have the time to listen. And also, I think sometimes to have, have, the, have the ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to do? I mean, I was fortunate with that young lad that I had somebody who has a, a falconry sender who was willing to take him on to help him. Mm-hmm. It's knowing what's out there and knowing what's, what is already there so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes, you've got to reinvent the wheel <laughs> you've got to go out there and start pulling <coughs> people together we have two two gentlemen who uh, one enjoyed model making and one enjoyed model railways so we put them together for a coffee mm-hmm. and we've now got a great big room with a model ra- uh, a, mo- a model of Blas railway station being built nice. and there's now 10 people attending that some people aren't interested in anything but they're interested in the social history side of it mm-hmm. so we're getting the social history typed up and put up as, as so it's pulling people together on a project yep. and then standing back and watching just on that point um, so you, you've got those two it's like a meeting of minds because I know I, I looked at your website there's a list of criteria and friendships is one of them is that is that like a typical example of what you sort yeah, of form I mean, there Rosie does an awful lot of that mm. um, we all do it's, it's a case of uh, if we can get two people together to make friends, mm. we can then step back and just pay a watch, just yeah. a watching brief and yeah. see what goes on. Now, I know you were talking about your mom in a yeah. home, and it's marvellous how many people who are in residential homes are lonely and isolated in that home. Yeah. Because mm. they get in there, 
and yes there's a warden but the warden's busy doing X, Y and Z and it's getting people to, to become involved and where now uh, we have Barbara who's going to be here who's in Durham she's now running four coffee mornings in the Durham area in care homes great and getting she's taking people from out the side of the care home in mm-hmm. and people who are in the care home are now coming to join great and it's it's really just invigorating people to live and mm-hmm. to enjoy life again and finding things for them to for them to do that they would enjoy mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, i find there's a good sort of segue and then we'll talk to rosie because uh, uh, is uh, is just um i find that if a person doesn't have any um you know desire to do something you know that having something like a hobby or something to to keep them to interested in things uh, as i say that's why i think social isolation or just uh, loneliness plays such a big part of that regardless of age and regardless of situations because i think it is just down to um you have to have a desire to do something and once that goes it's kind of hard it's hard to get a person because as we touched on later in the show we're talking to a, a psychiatrist who's taught we're going to talk about motivation like what motivates people people and and it's very pleasing to hear you say michael because i think that's you know we're not here to bash people but i just think um if you know in terms of the nhs stuff that gets provided is it it's too much of a wider scope and when you talk about saying like it's so i used to work as a, as a youth worker as well and i always found like they go where the money is for the grants but then they they say to somebody like Oh, you! You need to um, you need to do this because we've got the money for this. But I don't want to do that. Uh, like that's not my interest. I don't. I, I'm not got any motivation to do that. So it's nice. This whole rant is to say that like um, it's nice that you ask these people independently. Like what what do you want us to do? Um, so Rosie's just for people who haven't um, you know, in case they didn't hear our 28th uh, of December shows. Can you remind people what you do in the organisation? Yeah, so I'm also a community connector. So mm-hmm. I do the same job as Michael, but Michael cover, covers the Blythe area mm-hmm. and I cover Newcastle. Yep. Um, so it's very much, again, about going out to meet people, finding out what they'd like to do, and then helping them to find something they'd like to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of supporting them to attend that because sometimes you can get isolated really easily without realizing and it happens gradually over time Mm -hmm. and then sort of getting yourself out of it can be quite tricky and sometimes people just don't know where to start Mm -hmm. and so sort of we can go along and sort of sort of give them a little bit of a push and and you know a lot of time it's just pointing people in the right direction maybe going to a few sessions with them while they build up their confidence Mm -hmm. um and then they sort of get the confidence back up a little bit more and then they're they're happy to go by themselves Mm -hmm. Is there a point in that in that sort of uh, example you just gave where do they do they develop? I know Michael touched on this actually because he said when they make friends that you kind of take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Do you find that once confidence is like I mean because I bet there'll be people listening to this going I mean I'm trying to be devil's advocate here I guess almost and saying you know maybe someone might go oh well you'll help me up until the point and then you'll go right you're on your own again and then it'll all fall down again. Like I'm I'm curious as to how how far involved you guys actually are well what we do say if someone had found an activity they wanted to go to and we went for maybe i don't know three weeks mm-hmm. um we, we we always stop and sort of review things and have a chat mm-hmm. with them about how things are going yes. and so we'd ask if they felt okay going by themselves mm-hmm. or if they didn't maybe we could sort of meet them there and go in for the first 10 minutes and then sort of um leave after that and leave them by themselves if they're okay with it Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do follow up with like phone calls as well yep. um, just to try and see how things are going so we're still there to offer support we're just taking small steps back 
Um, but it's one of those things where everyone is different. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people, you go to something once and they're really happy to go off and do yeah. by themselves. Others, you know, we might go five or six times with them um, and just to sort of make sure they feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah, of course. Um, so in in terms of, uh, you know, because I bet a little bit, because the, the whole point of us doing the show is if someone's listening who's in this situation, like what what would you regard the criteria for people who you guys are willing to, to help? Is, is there a criteria or is it just, is it just come and see what we do kind of thing? It, it's not a criteria as such. So what I say is anyone over the age of 18 mm-hmm. um, who lives within Newcastle yep. um, and it has to be people that, want to want to be involved in the service like yes. sometimes we've had people sort of referred into us mm-hmm. um that don't really want the service and and that's absolutely fine but um mm. yeah people that want to engage with us um that's that's the main criteria really okay um and even like so like i've, I've worked with housebound people in the past mm-hmm. um but even though we can't get them out into the community we can do things like help them to find a befriender to come in okay um and have a chat with them there great um yeah and then we've got an event coming up on thursday actually as well so yes um yeah, yeah feel free to do you want to, do you want to to explain to people what that is yeah yeah so we're doing an afternoon tea event mm-hmm. um and it'll be held in our office great um so far i think we've got about 20 people coming so we've got some spaces left so if anyone's listening and they want to come along they can get in touch and um, yeah we can send them the details Um, it's got an Alice in Wonderland theme oh nice yeah one of my friends loves that loves that film so (laughs) that would be she's in America unfortunately (laughs) but uh, yeah she's a huge fan of that so uh, when you say get in touch what it how can people get Um, in touch so they can either call the office um, so that's uh, 0191-273-7961 and ask to be referred to the tea party or they can email us at connectnewcastle at redcross.org.uk um, and we're on Twitter as well just as um, Connect Newcastle Great. Um, yeah so any they can get in touch with any of those ways if they want to come along mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll be like a nice and relaxed event just people meeting each other having some cake some tea mm-hmm. we've got a few mm-hmm. sandwiches Great. <laughs> sandwiches. Sandwiches always gets people on board, I find. <laughs> you put a little bit of grub on, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to ask Rosie, like, uh, a similar question asked when, when you were on the show last time about the state of loneliness locally and nationally. What What is it like up here? Has it gotten worse? What What If there's any issues that you can allude to as to why things the way they are at the moment? Um, I think there is a lot of loneliness around, um, mm. and I think... I don't know if it's getting worse or that people might just be slowly starting to talk about it a little bit more Um, because I think it's one of those things where there's always been a lot of stigma which Mm -hmm. have made people reluctant to open up and say hey you know look I'm feeling lonely especially Mm -hmm. people sort of and I might have said this last time especially people that are sort of under 50 Mm. um, they especially seem to be a bit reluctant to admit being lonely Um, but I think now people are realising that it's okay to talk about it and it's it's really good to talk about it and Mm. that's how you know, we can sort of um, try and work on it. Um, but yeah, it, it really doesn't sort of discriminate. So mm. anyone can be lonely, really, sort of any mm. age, any location, any sort mm. of background. I actually, the, when when Ricky asked that question, my my first like sort of um, intuition was that it probably is more to do with that we're coming more aware of loneliness yeah. and people yeah. are talking about it more as opposed to that there's like an epidemic of loneliness around. I, I, I don't see... I mean, there yeah, might, I, might be socioeconomic things going on, but I, I yeah. think on the wider point that the fact that people feel more freer to talk about it and the fact mm. that you guys are are letting more and more people know what, what the services are out there, I think it's 
doing good impact at like things. Yeah, I, I think there's a nice sort of thing. This is maybe a difficult question for you guys to ask, but so it be as general as you want. But I think there's a nice summary because obviously we do a mental health show. Obviously, look, I mean, all of what we talked about is related to mental health. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious to have you guys as being in a, an organization as big as the British Red Cross. Is just what do you think? is the main sort of problem with the way people look at mental health from your point of view? I wanted to ask these both individually. So, Rosie, what do you think the issue is to get it in a better position that we're in? I think one of the big issues, again, similar to loneliness, is that people aren't always comfortable talking about it. Like, yeah. there's still so much stigma surrounding mental mm-hmm. health and people people can be quite afraid to, to say they're struggling. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the most important thing because I think it's really easy sometimes to isolate yourself yes and if you are experiencing a mental health problem it can make it worse when you're isolating yourself but then it's so difficult to get out and get out and get involved in stuff at the same time um yeah so i think i think stigma is probably one of the yeah the biggest ones what about you michael what do you think um yes the stigma but also i think People in the general public don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you put a mental health problem out there, they think I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it, 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 the, the phrase totally mental health right. totally instills, right. instills fear into the general public. And sometimes it's, well, the majority of times, it, it's, there's nothing to be afraid of. We work with an awful lot of people who have got mental health problems. And it, on various different levels, various different degrees, mm-hmm. and they all just need a little bit of support. Mm-hmm. I spent six months getting through one gentleman's door, mm-hmm. just knocking on the door on a weekly basis before he would speak to me. Mm-hmm. And once I got in, within four weeks, we had him down to the Sparkling Centre, and within four weeks after that, he's on his own. And he's, 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 he's fine. Mm-hmm. But his fear was people's perception of him. Yes. And how he was going to be able to react to people, mm. and it, it it made him pull back. So it took me a mm. long time to mm. get him mm. to accept me mm-hmm. as somebody who could help and wouldn't judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this whole yeah. judgmental thing yeah. that I think mm-hmm. is a problem. Yeah, did you hear something? Say, yeah, I think I was going to say as well that I think another problem is is that it's not always sort of seen the same as physical health even though really the two are very linked um, mm, and it's, it's all just health really because yeah. I know um, I went and did a mental health first aid course mm. and it was really good actually and it was basically the same as doing a first aid course but for someone experiencing a mental health difficulty um, and it hadn't occurred to me before then that you know in schools and everything else we might teach bits of first aid but we don't really seem to teach a lot about mental health first aid, yeah. which is just as important. <laughs> well, actually, on, on our show, I, I say this every show we have ever done, is that we kind of have a campaign to say that um, uh, mental health should be taught exactly the same level as sex education, for example, because, as you quite rightly pointed out, um, we make the really basic point of saying, well... Um, the, the the act of wanting to have sex with somebody has an emotional attachment to it. No matter how blase about it you want to be, as if it if it was a one night stand or whatever it was, you still make an emotional decision to decide to you know basically copulate with somebody else. Um, so why not? If you don't care about mental health or think that it's not an issue, it's still an issue to teach somebody what your consequences of your actions are, both mental and physical. Um, so I, I, we we preach that all the time because I mean I never knew about depression until I got it 
and I think there's a there's a problem in itself. You know that we don't talk about depression till pretty much university, or maybe even start a sixth form, and only if you ask to to get advice. You know, it creeps up. Yeah, it creeps up on you. Yes, it's, it's it's surprising. I mean, I used to work for myself, and I ended up writing something for LinkedIn. It was um, the loneliness of the sole trader, mm-hmm. and it's marvelous how you can enjoy being mm-hmm. with your, your, your own mm-hmm. boss, mm-hmm. but you're in an office on your own. And suddenly you begin to realize there's nobody here to yeah. talk to, there's nobody mm. to bounce anything off, and it's day after day after day, and it's it's more of a sort of just it, it can impact upon you. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I got a gentleman to come from the NHS to talk to my volunteers and some of the people who refer him to me, and he's a mental health practitioner, but he has suffered. Yeah, mental health. So when he did his talk, he could do it from both sides yeah how he felt mm-hmm. how he overcome it and now what he does to help other people and it's Great. really it was it, re- it, w- it really opened a lot of people's eyes it opened my eyes and it certainly helped my volunteers to accept and to understand mental health more yeah i also think there's a really good way to summarize because i uh, will just talk to you for a little bit longer because we've got a phone interview soon so we're going uh, we're trying to just um uh, wait for that to happen but i think a really good summary of, of, of us talking to you guys and obviously thank you so much for coming on and we'll talk about how people can look at british red cross stuff at the end but i just wanted to say your point about um sort of paraphrasing what you said about giving people just a little bit of encouragement um i can't stress how important that is um because you know i saw um there's a really good um lecturer called morgan peterson i don't know if you've heard of him but he's a canadian lecturer and he he, he does all sorts of stuff he visited the uk recently and he said and he's a he's basically a, a psychologist and he, he he's a practice he's a practice he has a practice in canada and he's at toronto university all that kind of stuff and he made a speech that i just was blew, blown away by because he was talking about how to how to help people with mental health it was like a 10 minute bit of a, of a whole lecture he did and the summary was like he basically just got very passionately when you know me just talking about this i get hundreds and hundreds of emails every time i do this because he's very popular of people just going thank you for talking about it more openly now i think i'm going to start doing the same thing and it's and he says that the, the word everyone should focus in is encouragement it shouldn't be and i think you two were both saying a really really key point as well um, when I was going through mental health issues, I don't know, I'll ask, probably ask Ricky this directly, is I found that as soon as you said the word depression, as soon as you said I'm struggling mentally, you get that fear that you described. The fear of like, I, I had so many people say like, or like as in they would, people I've known 10 years, for example, who would go, oh, uh, oh, like I'm not sure I can handle that type of thing. Like they suddenly treat you like, you know, you're a disease you know, it, it has like this sort of plague value to it. Did well, you have any happy with, with, with you? But yeah. panic attacks. When yeah. I had my very first panic attack, I was like, it was so overwhelming. I thought, wow, what what was that? Yeah. And it wasn't until I, because I was later diagnosed with PTSD, and I learned it was actually getting a diagnosis was quite crucial because you could learn about it and you know you go about how you understand it. Can I just ask one very quick question? Because um, I think it's quite important. If there's people out there who are lonely but don't yet know. As in, so they admit to themselves, I am lonely. Are there signs that they should look out for before they admit to it and see a professional or someone like yourselves? I, don't, I, I suppose just anyone that sort of has stopped doing things that they enjoy, okay. um, that, that maybe doesn't quite know how to get back to things mm. that they enjoy. So if, if someone sort of, I mean, we ask three questions, don't we, when we, when we mm-hmm. go and meet someone for the first time and it's mm-hmm. sort of, 
if they feel that they lack companionship or if they feel yeah. that they are isolated. Yeah. Um, so even if you're thinking you might be lonely, um, it's worth getting in touch because, you know, because I always say it doesn't matter if I go and meet someone and, you know, they've got different things on with their family and whatever, they can still mm. be lonely even course, though course, it looks yeah. like they're quite full. So I say mm. even if they they don't look like they're lonely on the outside, they're yeah. still, you know, they can still use the service because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, loneliness sort of comes in all shapes. The earlier yeah, yeah, you do yeah, it, definitely. prevention, prevention, prevention. Yeah. Yeah. And I think <laughs> how, how, how I once was at a meeting. I spoke to a young young lad, and he said um, he was at a bus stop, and this young this old lady stopped mm-hmm. the conversation with him. Okay, and he says he found it odd. Right, but he says I listened, and we ended up talking. And he says I learned a fair bit about the area where I lived because she was talking about historical facts, what was going on. Yeah, she was a child in the. In the <laughs> town yeah and he says it wasn't until when i, I got off the bus and you know, i continued on my way and i thought she must have been really lonely to start talking mm. to me and mm. this is something that i think these are signs yeah somebody who's going to the doctors on a regular basis somebody who's mm. always in the chemist and yeah. is wanting to stand on talking to the pharmacist somebody mm. who's in the corner shop to buy a yeah. bottle of milk or because it could be more than someone just being gregarious or just chatty I think there could be an, an underlining thing yeah. it's just once once yeah. you, yeah. you know, we are primarily a pack animal yeah and we like to be in mm. in, in groups That's a really good and point we like, yeah. in, we like interaction with each other and if anybody's out there and they know of anybody mm. young or old mm. who has suddenly started to stay in Mm-hmm. And you might see them as the, see them at the windows you're walking past, but they're not coming out to mm-hmm. join in things anymore. Yeah, these are the signs you need to look out for because Co- there's good, something good going on yeah. there mm-hmm. that needs mm-hmm. an in- mm-hmm. intervention. intervention. Yeah. I suppose it is an intervention, well, but mm. needs it, help. Needs yeah, like a minor version of an intervention, yeah, a bit of a pep. Hi, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, is there anything I do there? bit of concern. Yes. Yeah, a bit of yeah. concern. Um, yeah wonderful that's a great way of ending and just you thank you guys for coming in yeah. to talk about all this um, so yeah um, British Red Cross uh, website um, does, is there a website that obviously there is I'm just saying can you say what it is? yeah there's a website and I think if you just put in I think it's www.britishredcross.org.uk forward slash loneliness okay um, so yeah you can look on the website or we've got Twitter page we've all got Twitter pages as well great well yeah if you just google and stuff I'm sure you'll find all your information so yeah please do get in touch it's great isn't it because I just want to make a quick point yeah, because yeah. people think the Red Cross I, I, when you know going back a few years you think disaster emergency abroad but actually there's a real home Homely mm-hmm. point. Oh, I was gonna say like everything in our office is yeah. sort of round. It's it's local, local yeah. because um, I know that if there is a disaster somewhere, then they tend to try and use staff mm. from that country to like help yeah. economically rather than like shifting yeah, yeah, us yeah, over there. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much most things that go in our office are local Great. to this mm-hmm. area. Up, up here we have yeah, uh, aids. Um, Disability aids, wheelchairs, mm-hmm. walking sticks, frames that can be loaned out. Yeah. We mm-hmm. do a hospital to home from Wandsbeck Hospital, QE mm-hmm. Hospital, where cars will take people home from hospital and get people settled mm-hmm. and make them a cup of tea, make sure they've got some shopping in and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So it's across the board really Excellent. what we do. Excellent. So yeah, it's stuff. Great. <coughs>
I was going to say we've got we have the emergency carers card yes. as well supporting oh, yes, people that are carers. And yeah, so the thing was next Thursday. Did yeah, you say Thursday the fourteenth of March. Great. So if anyone wants to go on that, just get in touch. Get in touch. I'll give you the link. We'll put it on our Facebook page. If you yeah, like. we'll do oh, that. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, cool. cool. Excellent. Right, Rosie, uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us thank and keep continued success mm-hmm. and continue all the good work. And I mean, it sounds wonderful what you do. And I mean, it's uh, you know, um, again, subject matters that are that human beings as long as they exist are going to experience and so if you can help somebody with that you're you're, you know doing a great job so congratulations and keep up the good work and we'll hopefully see you again soon um thanks a lot guys right uh, so what we're going to do um is we're going to take a break right now because we have a phone interview um so we're going to play some ads i'm going to play little lion man by mumford and sons and uh we'll be back right after these messages for the community by the community spice fm 98.8 fm Hi, this is Shamshad from the Health Matters Show and we're putting on a Ladies Pamper and Wellness Day to raise funds for Human Appeal. Come and get pampered with reflexology, massage, makeup. It's happening on Sunday the 10th of March, 11 till 4 at Riverside Community Health Project on Atkinson Road. Entry is by donation. You can donate on www.justgiving.com forward slash pamperday hyphen ha or you can email me on shamshad at simplydiet.co.uk. Hope to see you there. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. There's Little Lion Man, Mumford and Sons. Um, but yeah, so um, it's a really... <laughs> um, uh, the reason I wanted to play that is because when I saw it on the database, um, my partner said when I was walking out today that I look like a lion. Uh, <laughs> my hair's all a bit like eccentric and whatnot. So, uh, But there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome back. I've wanted to mentally sound. Huge thank you to our previous guests, to Rosie and Michael from the British Red Cross. That was a... Um, pretty awesome interview actually I thought mm. it really really sort of hit home mm. um, sort of the stuff that we were talking about mm. so yeah um, really quite um, quite happy about that so um, huge thank you to them because Rosie obviously was on on the 28th like we just mentioned on the interview talking about loneliness and social isolation so I'm really um, uh, pleased that we got the opportunity to talk to them guys again uh, but um, we'll not keep our, our special guests waiting um, well they're all special guests but we consider yeah. this next one a really cool one is uh, Brian Semple is here um, as I touched on in the introduction he um, ha- has a, a think tank which is launched by Martin Lewis from the small and fame the money, the money expert guy uh, called Money and Mental Health Policy Institute which is an, um, an sort of a, conducts research and develops policy proposals to break the link the devastating link essentially between mental health and money problems which um, um, actually, when I talked to Brian in the pre-interview, sort of off air, and um, we discussed uh, uh, Tracy Rogers mm. um, from Kill by My Debt, which was yeah. based on our, her son about debt. So, um, you know, he says he knows her very well. So we might touch on that. But Brian, can you hear us? Okay. 
I can't. Hi, guys. Thanks Hi, for having me Hi, on. Brian. No problem at all. Um, we're really excited to talk to you because, um, I mean, first of all, um, I never told you this in the pre-interview, but me and my partner are huge fans of Martin Lewis. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll try I'll try and hold well, me geekiness. Yeah, it? I'll try and hold me geekiness in because, yeah, I think, um, I think he's <laughs> no, a genius. No, geekiness is all welcome. Yeah, um, but yeah, so we'll get on to that. But um, I'm fascinated by, and obviously I know Ricky, um, who booked you, has got a lot of questions. So I'll just start off and then Ricky will ask you something. But um, yeah, but, yeah um, so Money and Mental Health Policy Institute, which is a you know, for a dyslexic person, it took a while for me to say it <laughs> correctly. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like a fantastic idea. So, do you want to talk to to us and the audience um, about about what that actually is? Yeah. So, as you say, we're a research organisation, and we're very much looking at the link between mental health problems and death problems. Yep. So, as as you can imagine, if you're struggling with your mental health. And it chances are you're more likely to be affected by issues with your finances as well. And our research shows that uh, people with mental health problems are about three and a half times more likely to be in debt than average as well. Yeah. And um, so, and um, if you think about it, you know, if you uh, have, you know, a condition like depression or um, you're struggling with anxiety, it can be it can be tricky just trying to keep up with your finances or manage your bills, manage your budget. All those kinds of things are affected. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, then if you have debt problems, you're much more likely to uh, to be affected by mental health problems as well. So we know that around uh, half of people who have problem debt um, also have mental health problems as well. So it's this kind of cycle between the two issues that yeah. is, um, as you say, can be really devastating. Yeah. Um, so we, our research and our work is very much focused on looking at where these problems exist and what are the kind of things that drive these problems, what kind of uh, things kind of make these things worse and how can they be addressed. And, you know, we're very much, you know, we see that it's a big problem. We know these issues affect around one and a half million people in England alone. Yeah. Um, but we also, are, you know, we very much believe that there's things that can be done, changes that can be made across and the board, which can really help to address these issues. So we, we take a very kind of optimistic approach to that as well. Yeah. Hi, Brian. Ricky here. How are you doing? Hi, Ricky. Uh, great, great that you, you, you joined us. Um, you, you, you guys within the Money Mental Health uh, Policies, you have some, some success recently because um, I understand, am I right, that, that credit card companies and banks have now kind of listened to you when you want to address the issue of like... Um, um, you know, exaggerated, sort of like, you know, ira- really erratic spending habits of, of some people, when really what that's down to is like someone, for example, who might have bipolar on a on a, on a manic episode have gone and spent more than they would have liked to and only kind of realised and read later on. You've had success yeah. in that field, haven't you? Well, we have. Well, we know. I mean, it's another thing that we do. We're very much a campaign and organisation as well. And we don't want to just write reports that sit on shelves you know we mm-hmm. really want to bring about change as well and and that means working with the government but it also means working with banks as you say mm-hmm. and one of the issues that we know is that if you are struggling with uh, a mental health problem like bipolar disorder you can be more susceptible to things like impulsive spending and yes. you know sometimes people can feel more isolated mm-hmm. and uh you know uh, spending more time on their own and that means that uh, it can make you more vulnerable to spending money online and things mm-hmm. like that and particularly if you have bipolar disorder and you are uh, potentially going through a kind of manic episode, yeah. it can you can result in people spending money that maybe that and buying things that a they can't afford or b that they they don't really need. Um, so one of the things that we've been long campaigning for is for banks to give people more controls and more mm. ways, more tools, and to help them kind of organise their spending and manage their spending. Mm. Yeah. And one of the things that 
uh, can really help in that situation is actually if you know that you are, for example, more more likely to spend money on clothes or more likely to to spend money on gambling websites. Mm-hmm. Um, if you actually giving people the option to block spending mm-hmm. um, through on those kinds of things can mm-hmm. be a big thing. Mm-hmm. So that um, you know, it actually means if you are kind of in a vulnerable place and you go to spend money, you mm-hmm. can you can kind of put a block in place beforehand to mm-hmm. to help stop you spend the money that you you don't um, that you're not really able to afford. And we've seen some success in this recently. So some of the banks last year introduced the kind of spending blocks um, so that if, if, as I say, you know you have a gambling issue, or, um, you can put a block in place that means that whenever you go to a gambling website, whenever you go into the boogies, mm-hmm. that actually stops you being able to spend it. Mm-hmm. And you can only, um, there's a bank called Monzo, an online bank, um, mm-hmm. they have a block like that, which means that you can only actually reverse the block Mm-hmm. by calling them up and then they make you wait two days as well and that all goes to help you kind of it, two days later you might think oh thank goodness you know I didn't actually spend that money and now I'm feeling better now as well so I don't you know I'm not kind of uh, feeling prone to that spending yeah I, so I, I, one I, of the areas yeah, I was just nodding. Uh, I was nodding, Brian, during this whole process because um, I have bipolar disorder, and uh-huh. one of the um, one of the things that I do, I'm fortunate in the sense of I don't necessarily have the desire to sort of gamble, but I'm aware that when I have a manic episode, like because I'm I, I like playing poker, and I find yeah. myself kind of going a little bit crazy about it. So what I end up doing is actually yeah. I can the the poker site that I use, I actually block my account when I because I, right. I I've dealt with bipolar disorder for fifteen years. So I know, I know what the signs are that I'm gonna yeah. start feeling weird. So fortunately, I have the mo- like the desire to go. I know where this is heading, and so I block yeah. my account myself and and basically freeze it for a while, which I have the ability to do. But so, but yeah. I, I'm just saying this to 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 open up to people listening, and also to say that. Um, I can see how it would escalate. Is my point that I, from my yeah. from my own experience, then um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I'm, I'm and then obviously I'm jump back and forth between me and Ricky, but yeah. one of the things that um that, that jumped at me, you know, because we talk about let let's talk for, about debt, for example, is mm. is I uh, do you find in your experience because we've talked to people like loan shock, um, mm. people who help with loan shock companies and all this sort of things that uh, this may be an obvious thing to ask you, Brian, but like. If if you end up in in debt, and obviously you're in debt because you can't afford to do certain things, and probably it's like rent or whatever it may be, like living costs or, or whatever, food or whatever it may be, and then you find that you get in more debt to cover the debt you're already in, and then it sort of spirals out of control. And do you is that really the the, the one of the core essences of why it's so difficult to get out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think that is that's definitely an issue that we see that people. Uh, incur one debt and then you know maybe the interest on that means that they have to try and take out more loans and you know if people uh, are struggling to access credit then they might end up going to loan sharks and they might end up going to some of those companies which are going to charge you a lot of money just to access that bit of credit yeah. and that's that's definitely an issue um and i think what i would say to people as well though you know if you're feeling like the debts are starting to escalate and it's becoming a real anxiety for you there is help for you, though. There is support out there. And, you know, um, as you mentioned, Martin Lewis, um, who set up our organization a few years ago, Martin would say that he's never seen a debt situation, a debt problem that couldn't be resolved in some way. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's really important for people who are listening and who are thinking maybe that's an issue that, you know, I'm really struggling at the moment and I'm worried about the debt getting out of control. 
Mm-hmm. There's organisations like Citizens Advice, yeah. like Step Change, yeah. um, and the Money Advice Trust, and those are all places that offer free, judgment, unjudgmental uh, debt advice. Um, they can do it online, and um, but they can do it on the phone as well. And I really would, um, I really would urge people who are worrying about that situation to to think about contacting one of those organisations because, as I say, they they definitely can help, and the support is there. So. Brian, so we were also privileged to speak to a mutual friend of ours, Tracy Rogers, a um, terrific yeah. campaign who sadly lost her son to suicide over over the very problems we've just been talking about. Um, but this had this this example had a specific case because we talk it also had the the added issue of bailiffs, bailiffs and what what mm. people's rights are. Um, I know that Money and Mental Health have put out something similar in terms of letting citizens know what their rights are. Could you sort of highlight them for me, for us? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, we do know that the Tracy situation is such a tragic story. Um, And we know from our research as well that that kind of aggressive bailiff behaviour can absolutely cause people's, uh, you know, can cause such distress that it can actually contribute to someone becoming suicidal. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, it's not isolated cases, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen... Um, we've seen generally that around 100,000 people in England who are in problem debt attempt suicide attempt, each yeah. year. Yeah, I remember so reading it's, that, yeah. it's quite a big problem, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of people's rights in that situation, mm-hmm. I think that you know one of the key things that we would say is that bailiffs don't have uh, a right uh, to come into your house unless you have invited them in for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, Citizens Advice, again, have some really useful advice on their website about what you can do if, if you're accessing um, or if bailiffs are coming to your door. Um, and I think, you know, that, that information, if you just Google that with Citizens yeah. citizen Advice, definitely advise people to look at that because you do have rights in that position. Excellent. Great. And um, Brian, a last, last question for you, and then unfortunately we have to 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 go for ads. Is to to just talk to you about, I I, I guess because we we touched on when we started talking to you in this interview about about the the sort of cycle of whether you you know if you have a mental health problem you end up in debt. If you have debt, you probably you're going to develop a mental health problem. Um. So I guess in a very um, uh, forgive me for this being a sort of generalized question, but. How do you, in your sort of view, in in the job that you do, break that chain, and and in in and also in relation to what your organisation does in terms of policy, you know, how yeah. can like the government, you know, using how how you think can help. So that's part one, and part two is what policies can be implemented to make you know society and whatever a better place to yeah. deal with those issues. There's a whole range of things, as you say. Um, you know, it's this is something that we think that. Uh, Government has a role in. We think that councils have a role to play here. But yeah. We also think businesses have a big role to play yeah, here, absolutely. whether it's your bank or yeah. your your gas provider, your electricity provider. I think from the government's point of view, I mean, really, what one of the things that we want to see is we want to see, um, you know, we want to see mental health being an, a kind of key consideration across government policy. Mm-hmm. So whenever they're doing something that's uh, related to the economy, if they're thinking about something that is to do with uh, health. You know, we want we want mental health to be a key factor in and amongst that. Good. I mean, mm-hmm. another really key important thing is making uh, is the kind of funding situation for mental health services, and that needs to be improved. Yeah, um, and we also think that you know councils play a really important role generally in terms of the, if you look at mental health as a holistic thing and thinking about um, you know issues like around employment and 
debt advice, those kinds of things which can help people stay on track in terms of their money and their mental health. The councils are the, are, are, play a key role in doing that, mm-hmm. but they've obviously faced um, you know big funding cuts in recent years, and that's mm-hmm. that's an issue as well that we think needs to be addressed. Generally, then I was, I was mentioning uh, talking about banks and kind of gas and electricity and energy providers. We think that those organisations, I mean, they're starting to become more aware of mental health problems and the fact mm-hmm. that they're dealing with customers who may be struggling with their mental health and and therefore maybe struggling to keep up with bills as a result of that. We want to see more awareness and more training for um, people working for those organisations on the front line so that they can support people who are struggling um, in a more supportive way and make sure that they deal with it in a sensitive and appropriate way. So that's a big part of it as well. Um, And we we work closely with banks and other kinds of firms to try and improve the way that they, they do that and to make them to make their services more accessible to people who may be struggling with mental health problems. Yeah, because I mean it, it's like more humane I think is the right word is because I think yeah, it kind of comes well, across a bit yeah. Ro- robotic. Yeah, yeah, what is that? I'll say ethical. Oh, ethical, of course, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I've described in like, you know, situations in my life where I've struggled to pay certain things or whatever it may be and they treat you like, you know, a robotic thing of but, well, yeah. but you owe us money that, you know, that. whereas I think what we're talking about is there's got to be certain circumstances where we be a little bit more humane to each other and a little bit more understanding instead of kind of looking at it as, you know, because, I mean... I've heard examples, and I haven't got enough time to to delve into this, but I've heard I've heard examples of people who miss, you know, it's like we we joke about like dentists who go like you know a couple <laughs> of strikes and you're out kind of thing, and yeah. it's like you know if you miss one bill in a gas thing, you get like a, a huge like a very like nasty letter sometimes to say oh you know you missed a you missed a bill this is unacceptable, and it's like well yeah. you know and then you ring them up and apologize and pay it over the phone, and then all of a sudden they're, they're nice to you again. It's like maybe just have a little bit more understanding about these situations would make the world a better place really in a, in a nutshell so um you're absolutely right yeah. yeah um and the letters you mentioned the letters that's but uh, we see that as a particularly big problem the kind of letters you get if you're in debt they're aggressive they're in language it's really hard to and understand and vulnerable people will just will be filing them away you know because it's exactly. just distressing to read Be- yeah yeah yeah, you don't engage. You, you throw it in the bin, or because mm-hmm. it's so it's so stressful to deal with that. And yeah. we've got an ongoing campaign at the moment. We're trying to actually get the content of those letters changed so that they yeah. are more more humane, as you say, yeah. and so they get they give people links to support rather than send Excellent. sending them threats. Essentially, you know. Great. I'm glad to hear that because we I hear that a lot, and that's just that's yeah. just through, pe- through people I know. You know, not not necessarily like you know doing any you know hard research like you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I would say if if, yeah. if there's people listening who would like to support that campaign. It'd be great if they could go to our website, yep. moneyandmentalhealth.org. We've got a petition at the moment that we're trying to get to the government, trying to get as many people to sign it. We want we want uh, the government to change the rules to stop those kind of death threat letters. Great. Um, and we want to change the rules on that. We'll get, we've got a petition there, so it would be great if people can sign that. It's at moneyandmentalhealth.org. Great. I will check that out once I'm finished. Um, that, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Unfortunately, you're out of time, Brian. Um, uh, but huge thank you for coming on. It sounds like a great initiative. And as I say, I'm a huge fan of Martin. Is he okay now? Because didn't he have some sort of issue? Um, he, had, he, had a, he had a really bad throat problem a few yeah. weeks ago, but he's he's back up and running now. You can't yeah. keep Martin back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that because, yeah, it's, I, I saw an article saying that, like, he had to cancel all this stuff. And then I did hear he was back and stuff. But, yeah, I'm just pleased because I, I think he's great. And he do, the stuff that he does is, I mean, we watched that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going off another tangent well, here. It's but, thanks, <laughs> it's thanks to but, Martin yeah. was speaking to you, Brian, because uh, Martin very kindly tweeted me back saying get in touch with the yeah. PR and all that yeah, so 
it's like a subject that's really close to his heart yeah, and he, yeah, I mean, as I say, he set up the organisation and yeah. he's the reason why we're here doing this. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that really is important to him. Bro, yeah, and I recommend as well because he's not, not someone who hasn't had his, um, everyone has struggles. I'm just saying, uh, if you can, if you can find people, I'm listening, people listening to this, if you could find the documentary that ITV did not too long ago, was it over the Christmas yeah. period, I think? It's really fascinating and it shows, you know, that, you know, the, the perseverance that he went through and all that sort of stuff. So I, I, without spoiling it, I recommend you check that out because, you know, he knows what he's talking about. So, um, in many he ways than one. But yeah, great. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Keep up the great work. I will check out your website when I get a second, uh, to, um, later today and i encourage people listening to this to do the same and thanks so much for talking to us brian really appreciate it thanks for having me on thanks thank you brian guys. no problem take care Cheers. brian Bye. thank you wow excellent wow fantastic sorry we went a little bit five minutes over but i was well worth it because what a fantastic interview um really really nice guy um you know what you know um you know i was enjoying i was i knew it was going to be a good interview when i was enjoying talking to him on the phone before i actually I know came you on. guys were just gonna start our own show uh yeah our own show off air which makes no <laughs> sense at all um but anyway we really need to take a break now for some ads so um if um but how, how did you think that went? I mean, it well, was, uh, yeah. Well, I've known about this group for a while. I, I've been wanting them to come on um, for a while, I think even in our previous station. And thanks to our sort of friendship um, that we've had with Tracy Rogers, who we've had on, and I know they've been working closely with, with her, um, just made sense to talk to them. So yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I mean, are you a fan of are you a fan of Martin? Uh, yeah, big time. Um, I mean, did you see the documentary that I, I was referring to? I haven't seen that one. No, but um, I'll check it out. Was it um, relating to what finance? It was a documentary about his life, so how he ended up becoming oh, on him. this morning, and um, oh, I see. you know, because okay. he has a little bit of um, uh, um, because I know I, I'm trying. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say this in case I was wrong, but there was, you know, he had some personal troubles. Mm. Um, I think with his mom and dad. I, I, one of his mom or dad, I can't quite remember. As I say, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that. Um, he's a big. I know he's an obscure fan. He's a big Big Bang Theory fan because he used to quote Sheldon a lot. Oh, really? Did he? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and his live shows are really good, and he's he's quite right he's in what he says. Five that, live, and I listen to Five Live. Yeah, and he says debt. He, he yeah. talks about debt. His phone ins and stuff. The, the yeah. debt. Oh, he's not seen debt that isn't uh, repairable. He's I, he's not wrong. He says it all the time. But anyway. So, okay. So, we're going to play some ads now. And then we'll be back to talk to... Is it D? D? Am I saying that correctly? Die. 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 D, die. Um, God, me and my dyslexia. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, we're going to take some breaks now. And then we'll be back um, uh, to have that discussion uh, right after this. And Hans Zimmer. Because um, I couldn't find any English... I couldn't find... Somewhere on the database, I couldn't find any. So, this is what we played last time. So, I apologize. But it's a fantastic song. So, you won't knock me for it. I'll be right back after these messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. 
Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The Newbridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The Newbridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests and the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens and we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The Newbridge Hotel, Newbridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the party shuru hui hai. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
Anyway, we're on. Hello, everyone. Um, it's still going to be playing that little unbelievable piano thing as I'm doing this uh, intro again and welcome back. It sounds quite eerie. It sounds like we're um, like I've it, you know it, it sounds like I've I've fallen out of a spaceship or something and I'm going ah, like, <laughs> like um, it's really nice though. Hans Zimmer's a genius. We did. Well, to be honest, we spent about a good two minutes of the time that we were off air just talking about how great Hans Zimmer is. Um, you know, because just like you know, great movie soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, I was mentioning to Ricky's, uh, Ricky found interesting that, um, apparently on one of the Star Wars DVDs or Blu-rays, um, you can just listen to John Williams' audio track through the whole film. Um, so it's like turns off all the other, like the voices and everything else. And, um, which is just John Williams, fantastic, fantastic yeah. composer. Um, so that was Time, which I think was from Inception, I believe. Um, which I've not seen for a very long time, but, um, but yeah, he's just a fantastic composer. And a huge thank you again to Brian and to Rosie and Michael so far who've been on the show. Um, Michael and Rosie, for obviously from British Red Cross, and Brian, who was from the uh, Money and Mental Health Policy Institute, which was made by Martin Lewis um, from This Morning Fame and whatnot, Money Expert Guy. Um, if you want to contact us, um, at underscore mentally sound, for any of the interviews that you've just heard or the one that we're about to do with Di Keller, um, who's here from Be Wellbeing, which um, is, is a subject matter we've we've discussed on this show before, um, but obviously there's 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 more and, and enough room to keep talking about this 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 problem of um, just organisations and companies and whatnot sort of taking mental health a little bit more seriously and kind of understanding it a bit more. So um, Di joins us now. Hello. Hi there. I'm um, sorry for the wait. We're a little we were a little bit behind. I hope you didn't mind in listening to the interview with Brian, which we thought went really well. Um, but how are you? I mean, the, the appropriate thing we like to say uh, for a mental health show is, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> I'm good today. I'm good. good. Slightly nervous at first, but I'm good okay. Now. Well, we're <laughs> we're, to do we're puppy dogs. You'll find we're puppy dogs. But <laughs> yeah. once 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 you, once you get into it, you'll what what we usually find is once people start getting into it, by the end of it, they're like, "Oh, do I have to leave? Oh no, oh no, it's such a good time." It's like because we we joke it's on air therapy, really. <laughs> so yeah, just air your grievances. Talking therapy. Um, so yeah, do you want to? Um, I guess the, the 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 nice place to start starting point um, is what do you do in Be Wellbeing organization? Like, what's your role? Okay, so um, in Be Well. I'm the head of workplace wellbeing, okay. and the organisation itself um, specialises in consultancy and training around wellbeing within organisations. So, looking how we can take an organisation through a journey to help and support the most valuable part of their organisation, which is their employees, um, looking at what they already have, but how we could enhance that and areas where we feel that there may be things missing, we would look to work with them to try and, and to give them that support to make the changes which is what I think has come out in some of the interviews that you've done already trying to support people that already have mental health conditions but also start to try and get people to be more aware of it to break down the stigma and to start looking after their own well-being and looking at some self-care as well yeah um, I mean, what? Because one of the things that we were talking about uh, before we, we we came back on air is, I was asking you about just saying like examples of some of the stuff that I come across in my own personal life with in regards to if someone has a mental health condition in the workplace and how and how they're perceived and how they're treated. And I guess just I guess it's a, sort of a generalized uh, question to ask you is just what are some of the things that you find that are quite bizarre in the way people deal with it or is, if bizarre is the right word or um, what are some of the sort of discriminatory aspects to it? Yeah, I think we, we sort of um, 
in a, in a very unusual position at the minute with mental health because we're at a place where we're starting to talk about it a lot more. Yep. But there is still an element of people within a workplace and just generally yep. where there's still this huge stigma attached to it. So um, I think we see in workplaces there's nervousness around it. There's um, nervousness around the legislation and what does that mean? What, what kind of things can I say? What can't I say? So people end up sometimes saying nothing. And lack of understanding around what people can do to help people or, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling great with my mental health, they're like, okay, thank you, and, and just move on yeah, instead of, okay, let's go and have a cup of coffee and let's just... Is this an official through. government legislation that you're talking about? Yeah, so it, it sits underneath the um, Equality Act okay. and, um, and that's about sort of making reasonable adjustments for people okay. with mental health conditions that have been diagnosed um, and how companies can support them right. to be an integrated part and of the That's for both public and private sector yeah that's yeah. that's for everybody okay. that that's it's across mm -hmm. for everybody mm -hmm. and then there's also elements within the health and safety mm -hmm. legislation yeah, as well yeah. where we need to to just ultimately it's about looking after the people that you have in your organization mm -hmm. um but i think it's it, it sits in that slightly scary zone of you can't see it mm -hmm. so how do we know that it's mm -hmm. the truth mm -hmm. but I always give the sort of the analogy that if somebody had a broken leg, you wouldn't ask them to take yeah. the cast off just to check it was actually broken. Yeah. So there has to be that element yeah. of trust that organisations have with the staff um, and start to believe around these conditions. And for everybody is unique with it. So one person's version of mental health and when mm -hmm. they're struggling with it can be very much different to somebody else's. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, again, is when you can sometimes get some challenges. Well, I've got a mental health condition and I come into work. But it sits across such a broad continuum um, that it then makes it very difficult. There is no black and white with it. So, so coincidentally, coincidentally, on Tuesday, I was over at the Discovery Museum because mm. Time to Change uh, had an event about like networking and learning. Yeah. And loads of reps from companies came and did presentations mm -hmm. of what they were implementing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were these like, I mean, I was sitting there. Of course, I mean. I've always worked in like small businesses, and whilst while whilst I was encouraged and inspired by what all these companies are doing to implement, you know, these sorts of new rules for so 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 improve the well-being of staff and have all these different ideas banded about, and I'm just thinking, I, I love this, but but maybe I'm just thinking, is it realistic? Can this sort of thing trickle down to smaller companies? Can where they don't have enough resources. Mm. Is that why you come in in some way? So this well? is something I'm, I'm quite passionate about doing, yeah. especially um, working in, in the North East. I think, you know, we can look at what happens in London and where they yeah, have the bigger... Yeah. And, you know, the small businesses everywhere. But it is very difficult for smaller organisations to access some of this specialist yeah. mm. um, advice and knowing what to do for the best. And sometimes it's easy just to keep doing what they've always mm. done. So I'm trying to work um, with various different um, networking groups to mm. how we can bring some of the smaller organisations mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and how we can start to share best practice but also that they bring up their own they, they start to build their own peer support network right. of how they can help yeah. and share share that around mm -hmm. um, and it's just trying to get everybody <laughs> or, or enough mm -hmm. people around the table to mm -hmm. be able to do that but that's definitely something that we would like to do as well so mm -hmm. yes we do work with bigger corporate organisations right. and some um, public sector you know that with Tyneside Northumberland Mind which we're a subsidiary of they've done a whole 
Blue Light programme um, around helping the um, emergency services. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at all, you know, mental health happens everywhere. I was at a school the other day talking to, you know, year four, five and six, which mm-hmm. was quite an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is about trying to get the message out in the different ways that people can then relate to it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, in, you know, when you're in a small small business or you're a small business owner and you have all of the pressure mm-hmm. and you have nobody there to share it mm-hmm. with and mm-hmm. it, they think i just got to keep working just got to keep working but mm-hmm. actually sometimes taking time out and just sitting above your organization and looking back down at it can help but to have that network going back to the thing i was at tuesday mm. um because i always thought there was, there was an ele- elephant in the room kind of thing because i also work in my voluntary and also mm. like grassroots stuff i've worked in i've always worked with trade unions right and one of the most inspiring people I met at that event was a guy who came up from London who worked for Transport for London. And I was so engaged with what his presentation because it, was, it mirrored my own because we all we both had our breakdown same time, you know, during London 2012, mm-hmm. the whole Olympics thing. We shared a little anecdote between us about watching it in bed, you know, feeling all kind of the way we were at the time. Um, but he, he kind of avoided the trade union route because he was, he was sort of... They were sort of saying to him... Um, well, they were saying to him, you know, take take them for all they've got, you know, grab as much as you can. But he didn't want to go down that route. But 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 his his route was more successful in the sense that he was able to, for example, get mental health first aiders at uh, all the various stations in and around mm-hmm. London. But again, I think that's something that you can do with a big organisation. And I'm still drawn to what what so small companies and organisation can do. Can they bring in such, you know, help in that way or? So mm-hmm. we try and, um, so the training that we deliver, we try and tailor it so that we could help all organisations. Right. So you might not necessarily have... So you know, size is not an issue then? So I don't okay. think size is an issue. That's no, I think, I think you know, because ultimately it's about people. Ultimately we all have a brain, so we all have mm-hmm. mental health in some yeah. way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it, size doesn't have mm-hmm. to be an issue for mm-hmm. this, for sure. Good. Uh, yeah. Do you think, um, uh, going back to what you said earlier about... Um, people are talking about mental health mm-hmm. um do you think because i often find i i feel i'm in the feel the situation of the um we we acknowledge it's a thing but don't know what to do about it yeah. is that is that a fair thing based I on think the stuff that's you definitely see a fair thing i think it's it, it, it you know it can be quite complex but i think something um that was on the interview that you had earlier with the um the red cross talking about loneliness ultimately it's about noticing change in people so it doesn't have to be what condition that you have or what treatment that you need it's initially just about noticing that change in somebody and being able to help and support them from that so if you know you've mentioned that you've got bipolar if you worked in an organization we would suggest that you spoke with your whoever managed you or or, or what happened in your organization explained your condition but ultimately we wouldn't expect everybody in an organization to understand bipolar to be able to understand mental health Mm -hmm. it's just about looking at people as true people Mm -hmm. and noticing changes in them yeah, because I think it would be it would be nice if we got to a situation where if you had something like a registered condition like I have, and to go to an organisation and say I've got this, and then to go okay, we'll know what to do when the time comes. I mean, is that the, is that like kind of like the ultimate goal in a way to kind of? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we look at wellness action plans to help organisations with that, um, which is sort of a, a stepped process, and you know, part of the training is how you can use your wellness action plan really well in your organisation. But things like sort of like your bipolar condition what would be your triggers what things do we need to look out for if you have an, have an episode what can we do to help you and would you know <laughs> utopia would be you could start working for an organization and that'd be one of the first things that you were talking about yeah with them. 
it's not going to happen overnight. None of this stuff. Of course, does. no, no, um, no. And some organisations are more embracing of it than others. And you know, there's lots of other things that they've got to manage within an organisation um, and trying to to look at all of this. It, it's huge. It is huge for them. Do you find because I, I mean I, I touched on this before we we came back on air about you know Stephen Fry talks about this a lot, obviously about mental health and stuff, and he's he's really great at this sort of thing. And he said something that I think he's he's right with, and I wanted to ask you this directly: is that I think an, an, an issue because mental health kind of is considered taboo um, and it's difficult to kind of like um, express that you have a problem. Do you find that one of the biggest problems is the guilt that people, that mental health people have in the, they can't take time off because it's mental health. So they keep working until they crash completely. And so, you know, do you find that that's yeah. kind of like the, another aspect to it? I do. I think there's guilt and I think there's shame because it's yes. not something that shame, we talk yeah. about. So, um, you know, people think well, why is that person getting on with their job and their workload's not affecting them and it's affecting me but it very rarely is just one thing that's happening in somebody's course, yeah. life that yeah. makes them crash if you like earlier than somebody else you know your mental health has got so many elements coming into it that that person next to you might be managing their workload but that might be their only stress where you might be sat there with your workload but you've also got financial problems you're caring for an elderly relative you've got um you know lots of other issues it's endless really what you can talk about yeah and it's all of those things coming together and it's finding out you know we talk about a stress curve and good some stress is good for you and you need some elements of stress um, to get your adrenaline going but then you've got to see what your tipping point is and everybody's tipping point will be different yeah. and some of that can rely on how much self care that you do and how much you look after yourself and you know how many times do we say no I'm not going to do that we, you know quite often we don't yes I'll just do that that's fine give it to me I'll do it and it's about recognizing your own stress curve and where your tipping points are how much you can absorb you know what kind of different stresses that you can take on versus yeah. what other people can do We're also different in that but also as well I think that's a di- um as much as I understand it the way that you described hmm. it I think I think the 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 problematic um implications in that is to say one person is weaker than the other i find that that happens as well as a byproduct of that sometimes and it's kind of like um as you quite rightly said people have different thresholds for different things but and also you might be able to handle something on a different day better than Mm -hmm. you would on the day that you feel so it's about like essentially i think what we're talking about in the grander scheme of things is your self-awareness is to be self-aware enough of what you can handle at the time that you're experiencing it i think that's sort of key um do you do you agree with that the yeah, premise of that i, I do and I, I think you know if, if two people had a cold and one person went off with a cold earlier than another person went off with a cold yeah you know <laughs> you wouldn't question that you, yeah. you would, there would be some comment oh you know they've taken time off and i'm <laughs> i'm you know i'm just plowing on through and but actually your productivity is much lower so the person that that admits it earlier and goes for treatment earlier is much more effective in an organisation mm-hmm. because you can be at work with a cold, with mental health conditions and then be less productive because you, 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 you're not in the game, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But I just think we view it differently around mental health because there is the stigma attached to it. Yeah. Where if somebody went home earlier with a cold or, oh, my cold's worse, worse than yours, 
that seems to be acceptable to say that. But if, yeah. oh no, my mental health's worth, and nobody would say that because there's this whole stigma around it, and nobody wants to admit that their mental health is. So worse how how receptive of, of workers being and bosses in particular? Do they welcome this sort of new initiative or the bit? Th- yeah, I think it, you know it varies from organisation to organisation, and um, it has to be for me across the board. If you're working in a larger organisation, it has to be right through all levels mm. of the organisation. So yeah. when companies implement um, things like mental health first aid Mm. that's great and it's a great starting point but if you only implement that as a standalone Mm. item you are starting to make some progress Mm. but you're not helping people to understand how they would use mental health first aid Mm. what it's there for understanding mental health i think it has to be part of a wider strategy so when the government without getting sort of into into too much in politics when we're looking to ask the government to make it legislation that everybody has to have mental health first aid in their organization unless we do some of the other stuff around it, it it's it's mm-hmm. not going to be as successful mm-hmm. whereas if we wanted to put in that people had to have a mental health strategy yeah. or something around that that to me would be much more effective mm-hmm. because it's it's looking at the the whole piece rather yeah. than just you know odd bits of sticking plastic yeah because it, it's a yeah it's a bit like um it's the downside of you know um i talk about this and i and i mean this in the nicest way because people do some amazing work but it's like having all these different organizations floating around means that like there's still going to be only a certain handful of people who can get the help that yeah. that's big really I mean, that's essentially the point you're making is that yeah. yeah as i find that like you know you get all these charities that basically have like you know this is for one disease this is for one disease yeah. this is for one disorder this is for mm-hmm. one thing where it's like wouldn't it be nice one day if we were in the under the the, the big umbrella of mental over. health yeah, and there Everybody's covered, as opposed to you know, sort of like because ironically, by the fact we're doing this because of lack of money or lack of interest mm. or lack, lack of importance or ignorance, whatever you want to say, it, is that it, that is actually um, <laughs> by ironically dividing us again, yes, um, and it's it's a horrible situation to be in because you want, I mean, because obviously, I mean, you want people to continue to go, do good work, but as you say, the bigger picture is that we don't all we don't want you don't have to because you don't want to be defined and and excluded because of what you've got it wants to be that we all are included and helped Mm -hmm. in the same way but treat differently because of what we've got if that makes sense so um it is a horrible dilemma but i I do think i guess if we want to end this optimistically this this Mm. this talk is to say i do think we're getting better at it and continuing to talk about it means that we're gonna just seems to work with solutions because the work you're doing what you're implementing and just improved well-being surely it's good for the long run isn't it it is and and, you know when you look at productivity um statistics and the return on investment from investing in your employees it's huge and but but also like for perspective um like job seekers who mm-hmm. have always felt ashamed to list what a condition they might have yeah. because a lot of us still exclude that don't we when we're absolutely applying. and i'm the same you know I've, I've i've lived with mental health for for many many years but would i mm. put that on a job application yeah. no i wouldn't yeah. um and that's ridiculous when yeah. i work in the mental yeah. health and well-being industry I know, but, but you do point. know that with someone until you're into an organization and you feel that comfort and you feel that you can be truly open about your condition yeah that is you know, you, you have to feel comfortable and you have to feel that trust first. Um, so 
it, you know, it, it's. I think it's it's definitely a journey for organisations at yeah. the moment, for sure. But it's good that we're talking about it, and it it's is, good definitely. that, like, and as you say, it, I mean, I guess it. You can look at it again, like we just touched on. It's a starting point if you can mm-hmm. get organisations or some companies to go along with it, and um, then eventually maybe enough people, so like bigger organisations and, uh, and bigger, you know, employment agencies or whatever might look at it and go, okay, we need to start. Uh, coming up with an idea of like how we all can all can deal with this better so we're, we're heading in the right direction i think, I think we are yeah, yeah. definitely um mm-hmm. uh, so Di, thank you so much for coming in thank you for uh, be well being um mm-hmm. is the name of your organization um does there any way people can get more information or is it just a case of um so we do have um a twitter page and i have a twitter twitter page as well so i'm underscore die keller okay um so if anybody wants to ask any more then please do come come and um, drop me in that, a line. Kindly tweet it that should be on today. Well, actually. I did kindly tweet. I do like a bit, <laughs> and I will be doing a selfie before yeah. we leave. Um, okay, we've also enough. got a huge amount of resources <laughs> on the Mind website, um, yeah. and also on the Tyneside Mind website as well. Great. And it always feels daunting where do you start looking for information, but there is a, there's an A to Z on the Mind website, which is really useful. Great. Resources. Yeah, I do like Mind. Seventy so. years of experience behind everything that they, they do and pull together. So um, really valuable stuff. Great, Dykella, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Uh, Right, what we're going to do now is play some ads and we're going to play Paul Wellout, Have You Made Up Your Mind? Um, And then we're going to be Nikki from Back to Balance, who's a friend of our show. Um, We're going to talk about um, motivation and what motivates people um, because this is what we talked about in our meeting. Good segue. So, yeah, it's a good segue. It has had a nice transition, some of the stuff that we've been talking about because they're all crowbar in and shows how we just talked about mental health is included in all sorts of aspects. So, huge thank you. Please thank you, Di, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Hi, this is Shamshad from the Health Matters Show and we're putting on a Ladies Pamper and Wellness Day to raise funds for Human Appeal. Come and get pampered with reflexology, massage, makeup. It's happening on Sunday the 10th of March, 11 till 4 at Riverside Community Health Project on Atkinson Road. Entry is by donation. You can donate on www.justgiving.com forward slash pamperday hyphen HA or you can email me on shamshad at simplydiet.co.uk. Hope to see you there. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM. The smoke is running through your hair. There's a look in your eyes. I see a glimpse of smile on your face. But I know that smile ain't mine. I will fool you. Everything has a place and time This ain't one of those times I feel there's something in the air Just don't know what and don't know why What a fool I've been What a fool I've been 
I've made up my mind to continue doing this show. Oh, <laughs> it was, 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 there, was <laughs> It was well, debatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Uh, that was Have You Made Up my, Your Mind by Paul Weller. Um, and, and huge thank you again to, to Di Keller. That was a really nice interview. Um, kind of nice because it's been a really a, good show today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's had a lot of, it's had a lot of, um, a lot of it, stuff that's similar. But yep. they haven't enough. I mean, credit to you because obviously you boot the guests. Is that is that um, there's enough similarity to make it themed almost. Mm. But they have enough like sort of like little like little uh, idiosyncrasies mm. that like make it interesting. Mm. So. Um, so yeah, because then um, obviously Rosie and Michael talked about the British Red Cross and about loneliness and whatnot, and then we had Brian talking about um, um, how money is affected with mental health and debt, uh, which is something we've talked about a lot. And Di, who's just on now, um, who was talking about mental health in the workplace and how to help organisations to do that. And so Nikki, um, hello, <laughs> um, who's a, who's now a friend of the show. Um, this is what happens when you become a friend of the show. Now we stop doing like a really build-up intro. We just like just go, hi Nikki, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back again. <laughs> Tell a friend. Um, but yeah, from Back to Balance, um, obviously, which is an organization that helps a bunch of different people. Um, you know, and yeah, she's one of the directors, therapists, all that sort of thing. So um, we had a discussion because we about Nikki being more involved. I guess you could uh, open forum here on the air is just to say like um, sort of a little bit of background is that we had a meeting about Nikki being more involved because obviously being that, um, you know, she's an expert in this field and helps people like in the grassroots level, not just us talking about our lived experience. And one of the things that we came up with is the idea of talking about motivation. Um, um, obviously motivation, you know, comes in all different forms, which I'm sure Nikki will get into because, and I think actually it's a really good summary um, about our show that we've done because it's all about, you know, um, uh, ended up in debt, for example, which you talked about earlier, could be motivation, uh, like a lack of motivation or a lack of self-worth, because that's something that we tied in with motivation. So, um, and, and something you said in the meeting, which correct me if I'm wrong, is the idea of people might be considering their jobs around about this time of year, um, um, unemployment, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, I guess to start the ball rolling, like, um, uh, what do you find? I guess so we'll start generalized, and then we'll work our way through. Is what do you think? Um, um, sort of in essence. Because I guess the theme we were talking about, I, I said the sentence in our meeting about what makes people motivated, um, and I guess we'll start with that and then work our way around. <laughs> so, what do you think in general? And we'll delve into the the, the, the smaller issues. But what, what, in your experience, is the issue with motivation and getting people to be motivated? Okay, so let's break that down into yes. firstly what makes people motivated. Okay. So, what makes people motivated is passion. Yeah. Passion and interest. If they are passionate about something or something is pulling their interest, mm -hmm. then you, they are going to give their attention fully to it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes effortless because it's easy. It's, it, there's a drive in them to want to know more, to want to do more, to be more engaged with it. So that's definitely something. If you are trying to get someone to be motivated about something that they do not like doing or not passionate about or is, doesn't fit their personality, then it's really hard for mm -hmm. them to be motivated. Yeah. So there definitely needs mm -hmm. to be that passion and that interest and it needs to suit the personality. Yeah. For me, that's key. Like essential. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
in terms of just i mean because it's not not just for like i mean you know because mental health covers all sorts of, of areas but yeah. it's not just like f- to help with their mental health in a negative way but ultimately a positive way as well is that the idea that um you know they get the endorphin buzz of doing something so when you were talking about that it made me think about like for let, let's just think of a particular example because it's in my head mm-hmm. about um say for example a person needs to be um more physically active and so people's solution is often to say go and join a gym but what if they what if they're um initial reaction is that they don't like that idea is do you work around it by going well how about doing swimming or something that's something that you might find yourself doing i mean where's the line between forcing yourself to do something or do you see what do you get what i'm trying to say so join the gym is a very generalized statement yeah so and i think we spoke about this in the news resolution a lot of people Mm -hmm. do things because it doesn't it's social yeah. um, in, um, yeah, yes um, what's the word I'm trying like, to like um, it's almost like peer pressure yeah, or like a social pressure, pressure to do things yeah. and they're not really addressing what who they are as an individual mm-hmm. so some people don't like crowds why would yeah. you want to join a gym or if you're going to join a gym why join a really busy vibey pumpy gym you should rather go for a really quiet yes. you know more individual kinds of gym or maybe mm-hmm. go look at private lessons or go and get a workout video that you can mm. you know now days there's all sorts of videos you can download and and you can do it at home rather mm-hmm. um so i think it really needs to suit mm-hmm. the individual person rather than what the cultural trend yeah. is that's yeah. the word i was looking for cultural trend yes. that's really mm-hmm. important of I course think. yeah so what do you think is because going on from the last conversation we had at the meeting so what is it about this time of year you think where people review the sort of decisions they made back you know in the yeah. new year and just after Christmas. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. So what we're seeing at this time is um, we have more daylight coming through. Yeah. So our days are becoming longer yeah. and slightly warmer. Mm-hmm. And that starts to affect people's well-being. So chemically in our body, we start mm. seeing this increase in endorphins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what happens is people start feeling there's this buzz in the air. You know, everyone's got the little spring in the step. You know, we've got spring mm. coming around the corner and there's a general pickup in people's energy. So it's really mm. influenced by what's happening mm. in our climate. And when people are feeling well about themselves, mm-hmm. if there's this buzz going through them, they're going to want to engage more. So mm. socially, they start literally coming out of hibernation. Mm. <laughs> they start thinking about actually now that I've got more energy to think about myself and actually now that I'm feeling a little bit better i'm really going to start thinking about how i can make myself feel a little bit better and then they start making these you know then they start looking at all the categories of their life yeah what's happening at work am i really happy here or what's happening with my friends what's happening in my family what's happening with my exercise program how many people start exercising more during the summer months and then come winter hibernation again yeah it's just you know, it's almost like you know, almost like um, some of the animals that we see that go into that <laughs> that slump and that like hibernation. <laughs> yeah, forage <laughs> <laughs> for food and just. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always used to, well, you you um, I know you're not um, you're originally from England, but like the the joke we used to say growing up, I guess it's, uh, to me it all felt like an English thing, is that you call up like a python on Christmas Day because you've had that much to eat, right. so you just basically become like a snake and just like absorb <laughs> all the food that's inside your stomach, you know, and like don't uh, move. and don't Two move. Days. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Yeah, like uh, yeah, as in like you've ate, you know, like um, the, there was a car, was it a cartoon or something where a snake used to eat something? It'd be like a shape of an elephant. Yes, yes, um, yes. and I was just always make me think of that at that particular time. But um, yeah. so yeah, um, I mean, because 
it, there's a few interesting things that you, you both were touching on there about um i mean because we talked about for example uh, mental health in the workplace with our previous mm. guests yeah um with uh, with i and and, and what, what i think's interesting in terms of motivation as well because again this is a this is a subsection about the way social society dictates you doing things because you know previous generations i mean i know this is a generalization but i guess let, let's go with it because i mean there's some truth in it is that yeah. <laughs> is that people um say like you should get like I, I was talking to my partner about this last night actually which is why i'm thinking about it it's that you, my dad for example would always i would always go like you know because when i started my podcast and started doing this and stuff my dad instead of being motivation motivational or, or inspiring would go well, why don't you get a proper job <laughs> you know that's always what he used to say to me and i never understood that because i would i would come to him all like excited going I'm doing this thing and it's a project and i really want to do it and i get like really happy about it but that doesn't it, to him happiness is how much money you earn right and and i and i yeah. find so what i'm wanting to ask you is you know do people kind of round about this time of year hit a realization that like as you touched on you you might be like doing well at work but then your personal life might not be quite right or to, to flip it the other way do they look at things in work and go i'm actually doing something that i'm not very happy yeah. about and i maybe need to do something about that do, do you find yeah. people start reflecting in that way absolutely and to touch on what you've said so we have our conditions that we are brought up with yeah so like you, yeah, we're talking about you know with yeah. your dad um there's certain conditions and certain you know um cultures will have different conditions and certain eras will have different conditions yeah and you know, if you look at that generational gap, there yeah. were, you know, business type occupations really were the ones which made money. You know, yeah. anything that was in the arts and crafts wasn't considered to be giving you You're a just good lifestyle. Explaining my, my, my life story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's my, always the poor artist or yeah. the struggling artist. The, the sort of like Asian, <laughs> Indian, Asian mm-hmm. Indian heritage. Sorry. Um, if you weren't like uh, aspirations to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that, a high earning job, Absolutely. just like anything below, it's like. And when I suggested, you know, I'm really into art. I really love drawing and painting, and it's like the conditions mm, started coming yeah. through. Do you not want to just do that as a hobby and yeah. you know just do it on the side or something? You know, but you see, then if you look at your passion, that was your passion. So mm. if you follow your passion, I'm a firm believer. If you follow your passion. Life flows. So essentially, if it's money that you're needing, you will always have money because money is an energy. It will flow to you if you are sitting in a very open, positive vibration with it. As soon as you're sitting thinking, you know, I need to do this, but I really want to be doing that. Mm -hmm. You start shutting off and you start going into a negative mindset and you start going into a negative Mm -hmm. energetic spiral. Mm -hmm. So things start to become problematic and you know every area in your life starts to kind of block up yeah. so i really think it's important to follow what you're passionate about maybe you're not going to make as much money as you know uh, the top lawyer but that doesn't matter you don't you know y- y- you have a different personality type you- you're looking for something different mm-hmm. in life anyway mm-hmm. the other thing is is that you know these conditions that come through and going back to your question steve is you had said, you know, people do people start evaluating these decisions they've made or the situations they're in? Yes, they do. And even if they want to change, some of these conditions yeah. are going to start coming in. And they're going to be this 
you know, underlying current that's sitting, going through them, and they're constantly going to hear these words, that's going to start creating stress within the person, mm-hmm. anxiety, yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah. We see all sorts of things coming up. Yeah. And it's hard for some people to manage that, to navigate through that emotion. Yeah. And, you know, they may not find the courage to take the step that they actually need to make in their life. And then what happens is they start feeling really unhappy with where they are in life. Yeah. You know, and you can start to see that, you know, everything changes the way they engage in work, the way they engage in home. That's yeah. a perfect example about motivation because mm. um, I find that I see this a lot. And I, I, I think of particular examples in my life as well where I found myself in that situation because you talk about that mm. spiraling down the negative, <coughs> negative road is that you, you then find that... Um, so if it's a particular thing that's bothering you like we just touched on no matter what the subject matter is it could be your work it could be your personal life whatever it is but whatever that thing is seeps into other aspects of your life and so really it's all about being a little bit more self-aware um i think self-awareness is kind of the 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 real key of what we're talking about here to go this is just one aspect of my life that's not working out but don't let it unless you don't deal with it Mm -hmm. if you don't deal with it then it's gonna seep into other things so i guess is that sort of like what makes people ultimately find out what the problem is and do something about it i guess is the is a is the interesting question what do you think um, the what solution makes them want yeah to change yeah because you say like they're going down the spiral yeah. what gets them out of it basically is what i'm asking you the belief that things can change yeah so um the belief that they can break through the conditioning that they've received as a child Um, And that when they get to the other side of it, that whatever they've broken Mm -hmm. through wasn't is is not going to be a barrier for them anymore. And that the change that they're going to get is essentially what they've been wanting to have. Mm -hmm. So it's really that belief that things can change. So as humans, we are programmed for suffering. Mm -hmm. So if we think of some of our conditionings we receive as a child, we don't receive positive affirming conditions it's a generational thing you know if you think about it we we are really conditioned to think quite negatively oh it's cold or oh the sun's too hot or (laughs) do you know what i mean or you know we we tend to complain as we talk so Mm -hmm. we are conditioned Mm -hmm. to find suffering in Mm -hmm. things and we're also conditioned to support each other in the suffering yeah so as soon as you are thinking about changing a lot of that conditioning starts coming through because you, you're kind of resisting that flow. Um, and if you can start focusing on positivity rather than suffering, mm-hmm. change comes from a place of recognizing that whatever you're currently going through is not working for you. Yeah. So whatever you're feeling on a physical, emotional, mm-hmm. spiritual level mm-hmm. is not working for you and it's not supporting your well-being. Yep. So that's where the desire to change comes in. So the desire, desire then like the belief yeah. needs to come through that you yourself can get from point A to point B yeah. safely. Yeah. And is there, sorry, is there yeah. a slight danger then? What about, I like that word desire, but what if like, what about something like fantasy where maybe there's an over expectation and, and are they, even though that might be a fantasy, it, it still might be an engine to drive them forward to make that change in a way. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So... <laughs> Again, expectations also such a tricky word because 
when we place expectation into a situation, ultimately we set ourselves up for failure right. because right. we do go into fantasy. So expectation yeah. creates something that may be not be achievable. And like I've said before in some previous um, sessions with you guys, and I think it was the January one, I'm all on the little bite sizes. Yes. You know, mm. so um, I think it's good to... I'm not saying don't fantasize, but make it realistic. Don't yeah. place too much expectation. Mm. Break it down into bite size. If mm. you can focus, and that's really the key to what motivates people, yes. is the bite size, I can achieve this. Yeah. Because we're programmed to suffer, we're also programmed to believe that we can't achieve things, that we're not enough, everything. You know, you, social media tells us we're not enough of anything, aren't yeah. we? So we don't really have the <laughs> self-belief in ourselves. So as soon as we start breaking down whatever we are trying to achieve into bite-sized little moments and focus but on... Rather than leapfrog, it's stepping don't, stone. Don't jump too high, yeah, yes. Yeah. Don't take too yeah. many steps forward. Yeah. Take that little step forward. It doesn't mm. matter if it's just one tiny little shuffle mm. today and maybe three steps tomorrow. Yeah. But acknowledge that yeah. there's been a movement. Applaud the movement. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's the key to staying motivated. And ignore what everyone else is saying because regardless of how much you want things to change, there's always going to be someone who's not going to see it the same way you do and they might have something negative to say about it. As long as you can connect to yourself and know that that's the right thing for you. Yeah, It doesn't have to be right for everyone else. Exactly, We're all different. You know what I mean? So it needs to be right for you and you stay focused on what feels right for you and what makes you feel good. Yeah. That's where motivation Mm -hmm. comes from. Yeah, and then not feel, and and also as a byproduct of that is to not feel guilty about being good, feeling good about something um, because that I, I I find that happens a lot mm-hmm. is that people kind of because um, I, I, I was touching on this with my partner last night was to say that like you find that there's people uh, that you meet in your life and I was definitely one of them because um, if you don't get enough attention or whatever it is you're saying about the, them building blocks or uh, yeah. um, um, the, the, the the stuff that we've been defined to think because of the way we're being brought up is yeah. that you're waiting for permission to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually wrote down as you were talking about this, this is something I wanted to ask you directly because I think in today's society this this is an issue with motivation. Do you find that do you find that there's too many examples of people looking for external motivation what i mean by that is is looking at like the way other people live their lives and and wanting to be motivated that way because you were talking about doing something for you do you think in a wider sense because i see this i think Mm. this is how i think it's like is that there's too many people going i I," like they, they search facebook for somebody who they want their life to be like rather than actually working on what they should be doing to be like them do you do you see what i mean yeah it's very much um so in mindfulness we call it attachment zone where you are focused or you attach yourself to an ideal that's not realistic for you yeah um and again we're looking at programs and conditions we have being programmed to look at everyone else and say look how much they have look how happy they are look at how wonderful their life is and this is the pitfall of social media because Mm. people aren't being authentic they're not being honest they're not even being honest with themselves you know that everyone's painting this picture perfect life but there is an extreme pressure on people to paint this picture there was a time when i 
used to compare myself to everyone around me. Absolutely. And I realized back now just how toxic that was. Exactly. Now and what I was don't it creating for you? Feelings of not being yeah, good enough? Not adequate, not, yeah. not up to their level. Yeah. And that, that, just, that just leads you off yeah. to a different trajectory. And then one. when you're not connecting with your authentic mm. self, mm. like you said, you, you, you go into this dangerous traje- trajectory. Yeah. Um, and you're so far removed from yourself that you don't even recognize who you've become. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, true. And it's trying to f- find that way back mm-hmm. to yourself. And how do you find the way back to yourself? You focus on you. Mm-hmm. You're right about social media. I think we've talked yeah. about it all the time, haven't we? Well, the, the, this is one of the reasons that I, I got off Facebook. I don't know why I've told mm. you this, Nikki, but I, I got off Facebook because during the time that I was in recover, recovering from me being a psychiatric ward and everything else, as I found that, um, you know, because I'm sure there'll be people who, who who used to know me who would think something different. Um, but I got off it because I suddenly realized that, like, um, there's, there are that's that you 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 may be fine to be able to to see snippets of that when you're in a good frame of mind but if you are not particularly happy with your life you find that people only want to give you snippets of how great their life is and i started to understand from my own point of view how i didn't it, it it's it's looking at it in a kind of that is what it is but i'm not assigning any value to that yeah. you know because they can they can you know i'm not telling anyone to not you know, post whatever they like or tweet whatever they like. That's Absolutely. not what I'm saying at all. Freedom, yeah. Yes, mm. but I'm just saying that um, you're, you find you start realizing that it's not them that's putting that value on onto you. You're putting the value onto that because you're so unhappy with what your situation is. Yeah. And so then, if you shut that off, and in my case, I just you know I didn't delete my account, but I just I took it off my phone, I took it off my computer, um, and I was just like I didn't go back on it uh, for a long time because I found myself instead of worrying what other people think, I'm going to worry what I think about yeah. myself, um, and not necessarily worry, but just work Social on it. Media work well. Do things, it's also you know. a good indication of someone's pace in life because yeah. the other thing there is is the the other thing I think you're alluding to Steve is the fear of missing out oh, yeah. when you see oh, other God, people yeah. when you oh, see man. other people doing the things enjoying you're thinking oh I can't I but as soon as and I think you did the right thing maybe not delete but learn to you know when to interact Le- and, or and find just your, your pace, find so. your limits in it yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, that's the the key thing I mean and that really and. Di touched on it. Um, one of the things she said is people need to learn their limits. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of our key essential things to staying healthy within ourselves. When I say healthy, I am talking about the physical, emotional, and spiritual, you know, is for us um, to understand what our limits are. We take on too much. We do too much. We we compare too much. Yeah. Um, and then when you are... Uh, trying to understand what your limit is for yourself learn to navigate the emotion that comes up with it mm-hmm. you know yeah i'm actually really pleased i put an asterisk on when we were talking about it with die is that i said though but don't look at a comparison and saying that one person is weaker than the other it's because I, it's not a weakness that's no. that so because the reason i say that is like i mean because my my partner is very nice to me about because I, I i say it to her and, it, and i tell her though it took a great deal of effort on my part to feel like this that I say to her, like, if I'm not feeling particularly great, I tell her straight away. Mm. I just go, I'm not in a good frame of mind to deal with my daughter. I, I need to take a break. Um, mm. Actually, sometimes I'll admit 
quite honestly about this show as much as i love doing it i don't i, I mean me and ricky have talked about this briefly but like i always find myself a bit mentally drained after doing a show like this mm-hmm. because it is a lot of um it is a it is a, a huge amount of um of information and mm. and it's very emotional because it, you know it, i don't mean emotional as in like i cry about it or whatever but i'm emotionally attached to it because it means something to me and the subject matter is very is very engaging and it's mm. very like um emotionally exhausting so mm. like i usually find myself later later today that i just sort of just struggle um and especially so, when you've had conversation with people who've lost people too yeah and it, so, it does yeah, affect you how can it, it does, not yeah. of course it does, um yeah. but my point is is that i think there's some people who are brought up you know you're saying about um these pillars of how they deal with things is that they don't um that they, they they feel this like sort of guilt um or, or or and they don't like sort of deal with it as it's happening and then it spirals into this completely new completely separate thing so i mean i get i guess to kind of generalize this then if somebody's listening to this who's um i guess to summarize because we need to we need to we need to stop is is um if somebody's in a position about um about like for example not enjoying their job and thinking about moving on or whatever it may be is uh, what what advice would you what advice would you give in terms of um them giving them the motivation to go like if they recognize because i imagine there'll be people listening to this who'll have something in their life that's bugging away at them that they know is not right that they need to do something about but aren't doing it i guess is the question so ha- what advice would you give in order to maybe encourage them to do something about it. Okay. Because we don't really know where that in or the listeners are at. Yeah. So obviously you, you would always give advice knowing where a person yeah, is Yeah, true, at. very true. So we're going to make the assumption that mm-hmm. everyone is at more or less at a similar pace. My advice would be is focus on what is working. When we're feeling really stressed about something... Mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of see the wood for the trees yeah so exactly. yeah. and again it's about positivity if you can build the positivity more within the person and get the person to connect to themselves more then they're going to have that energy yeah. that energy that is going to you know mm-hmm. link them to that passion that drive that yeah. desire and that's going to make them change so i would ask people to make a list what is working for you at work what's working for you at home what's working for you in your relationships you know break down the compartments mm. of their life and find the things which are working are you meaning like pros and cons something, pros and cons but rather if, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to create positivity mm-hmm. within the person first and within their mindset right we're so conditioned to be yeah. negative already mm-hmm. so if I ask someone tell me what's not working they're probably going to give you a list of a hundred things <laughs> tell me what's working too yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's about getting people to really think about <laughs> so what true. is yeah. working. Rather look a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Then make a list of something mm-hmm. that, you know, if it's work, let's say, that um, that is um, dropping their energy, what would they really like to do? Yeah. Okay. But the focus always is what is working in my life. Mm-hmm. Then look at what is not working mm-hmm. at work mm-hmm. and how can I change this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. In relationships, again, because again, we don't know who's who's yeah, here and context. where they are in life. Yeah, the context, you know? yeah. So mm-hmm. again, focus on what is working. Even in that relationship that you're in, that may not be working, there is something that is working. Yeah. But then think about what would you like to have, and how can I change it? Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of trying to have a conversation with the person, mm-hmm. you know, and then you'll be able to find that you'll meet each other in a different place, and then the relationship starts to work again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's about having a fine tune and uh, balance of like um, yeah. the the self awareness. Because yeah. I, I, um, I, I guess a good summary of that when actually we were in the meeting, I just, I would I was I I talked to you guys about the fact that like I'm currently writing a book, and I and I and my context for that was and my reasoning was that I sat there and went, "There's been something eating away at me," and I mean I I, I I've said this and Ricky knows this because he's a friend of mine and whatnot, but like in terms of like my my personal life, I'm the happiest I've ever been. You know, I've got a partner who I really I'm, I'm in love with and all that sort of stuff, and I have a daughter that I that I that I'm, I'm really enjoying. Um, you know. It, 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 I like being a dad and all that sort of stuff, but it but but come with that. I think the the, the key thing about what we're talking about because you can crowbar this in with all of what we've talked about today on today's show is there's pros and cons to everything, and um, there's stresses that come with like as I say the downside of this show if there is one even though I don't really look at it as a downside because it it shows that I care is that you do get like I, I, I can see it in Ricky's face now like this this thing of like it's very tiring it's tiring to hear to hear all the, stories, all the stories and be like the catalyst for this which is why you know a, a therapist you know that's why you that's why you know we aren't we aren't professionals in that sense so you you learn how to how self-care. to self-care and be okay with the idea yeah. so um it's about having the balancing thing because i said to my what i said to you i think is a good summary because i can this is the only way i can phrase it with my own personal experiences to say um i i've learned over time and teaching my brain to go if i'm not feeling happy about something you then put aside all the stuff like you were saying that does work so i used to sit there and go but i'm yeah, I, 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 on what's not working yeah. rather than what's working yeah and so it reinforces that everything's not terrible you go back you know? into the reinforcing the program to suffer yeah yeah. yeah. So when you start focusing on actually something is working, then your brain starts seeing everything differently. Yeah. And it'll start finding solutions Absolutely. for you. Instead of being the, in that Maya of like, exactly. yeah. And it finds yeah. the right solutions. Mm. Not the solutions that you saw on social media that yeah. worked for someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because uh, um, I think a good summary of that is when you said, when you sit down with some people and go, can you tell me, like, for example, because I, I think of my own therapy sessions where they go, tell me how you feel. And I remember when I was really in a dark place and i would go oh well i hate like i hate my appearance i hate the way i look i hate the way i talk to people i hate this i hate that and you you, you have such a low opinion of yourself and then when they go so what's good about your life and then you you realize that you've went through such a long period of thinking that way you can't think of anything that's yeah. positive mm-hmm. and when you actually do get challenged with that idea because i know you're a big believer in cha- challenging people yeah. um i got challenged into going but what do you like and then you realize when you actually make your brain think about them things you start realizing that your life is nowhere near as bad as you thought it was Absolutely. um and i think that's a good way of putting it because then mm. you can start going but this is fine so i always go my home life is great i'm happy with that my daughter's doing good my partner's doing good my mom's in the in the best place she can be blah etc 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 um really this is about my needs that i'm not getting the needs that i want as an individual which is mm-hmm. separate which is separate which i think another p- mistake people make is to think their needs involve other people which yeah. you said earlier which is yeah. a very fantastic point is the mm. do stuff for you exactly you don't need you don't need permission sometimes to go like i, I, I say this to, to my friends and family all the time and um, because i'm really thinking about doing this and i like i go i hope you're not Asked, talking to me about this so for me to go yes i give you permission to mm. do this because if you really want to do it no one told me i i should write a book i just went i really want to do it okay. so do it 
so do it ultimately you reach a point where you go i'm sick of feeling that way and then end up doing it um so i wish you would just not hopefully let's stop this suffering of like going "Mm, will i won't i just go and do it people (laughs) get motivated (laughs) yeah 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 um so yeah thanks nikki it was a really what a really um i always feel like you know it's like um i'm listening to um did you ever used to see the the show inside the actor's studio? I always think it's like this, where we're all like James, so, Lip- yeah, James Lip- Lipton, Lipton, yeah. So he talks to an actor. It's a, it, it was on Bravo. It's been on for a long time, right. and it's part of an actual university, um, Pace University. And he gets like famous actors on, to, and they fi- they filmed it. It's been on for like thirty years, and he's got such a like sort of um, you know, like in. I find in therapy sessions, like, psychiatrists do this where they go, hello and welcome to today's session. Um, <laughs> and I always find, like, it's got that nice, like, aura when we talk. It's always, like, going, hello, so, okay, so we're going to, today we're going to talk about motivation and um, how wonderful it is. And it's nice because it makes us have this nice buzz feeling, so know, it's really it's nice. Good. It must be your accent as well. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got a nice, it's got a nice, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just for the accent. <laughs> Thanks, so, I'm not we, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> all this like all this philosophical, really intelligible conversation. We just wanted like, to hear we you just talk. like your accent. We're so we're so we're so um, <laughs> what's the we're word? We're an international show now. Yeah. Well, yeah. At least you're feeling good, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah. no matter how you get it done. There you go. Getting it done. Yeah, my job's to make people feel better. How I do it is uh, entirely up to you. Entirely up to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it also uses is a fantastic yeah. conversation, and, oh, we, but, and we're always happy to have you on. So what is the plan in terms of you coming back on? Is it going to be like a monthly thing or yes. um, yeah? First so show of every month, yeah. First show, yeah. Okay. First show of every month at one thirty. Great, Great. Then excellent. Yeah. So towards the end of the show, so that's yeah, good. So we'll that. what we yeah. should do is start promoting that and try and see if we can get people to to question in some things. That would be kind yes. of fun. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, so yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, cool. Right. We we've been over for about ten minutes now, so we really need to stop. So um, all that leads me to say, I'll run down the list because I always like to say thank you to our guests. So it was Michael. Um, Michael and Rosie from the, the British Red Cross. Thank you to them. They were on earlier. Brian Semple, who's from Money and Mental Health Policy Institute, which is a, a, a thing set up by Martin Lewis. Um, Di Keller, who was on just earlier from Being Wellbeing, about um, uh, getting organisations to care more about mental health and how to help with that. And Nikki, we just spoke to, who is... Um, the last words. I want to shout out to Sean the cabbie. Because again, he was telling me, <laughs> oh, my brother works in mental health. Be nice to to give him a shot. <laughs> okay, but. cool. And regarding how sh- the, the the question was put to earlier, how old the show is? It's our fourth birthday today. Oh, is it oh, really? Happy birthday. Oh my god! I didn't realize it was actually yeah. March we started March. That's happy right. Yeah, birthday. so we're four years old. Wow. Four years old. So this is our last show. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Once you got to four years, we're the, that's it. We're done. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, when yeah, we're now. What happens at four years old? We're going to school. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn. We're gonna develop our language. <laughs> trying to treat us like a child now. Uh, now we're in the development. Stage, the good stage. Um, so yeah, now we're going to be prosperous. So it's four years. Wow, I believe it. That's really cool. It's really flown by. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't involved in the very beginning. Although yeah. I was, I was more of a background guy. Mm. I yep. did the odd box pop and designed all the material. Yeah. But Steve, Steve's been at the helm. Yeah, time. I know. It does make me reflect. I was thinking about this the last couple of shows where we we're going. Out, oh God, like. Um, um, when we first started it was just um, but again it's all the down, down to perseverance really yeah. is because um, there were so many hurdles Belief to go across Belief as well because um, of the, yeah. what we're doing and, and that, that's that's my motivation one of them anyway but it seems like I mean, some, like uh, you're a good example of this Nikki and um, when we had Brian on who's like you know doing like you know put, 
like policies for government and all that sort of thing is that like the scale of like you know that we were at the beginning which like a lot of radio shows it was like my other podcast i do oh we should mention you're going to be on um geek apocalypse yeah. uh, on the um 21st as we're recording it so it'll be yeah. probably the week after i'll be releasing it then around yeah. about um um, oh, actually, we are now doing the show on the twenty second, so I might actually record it, uh, release it soon after we do. Right. But anyway, I want to mention that for the listeners, that yes, might expecting the. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we never said that. That's a really good point. Yes, oh, I was going to make a note about that, but we could do it now. It was in the um, talking point, Stephen. Yes, yeah, yes, uh, it wasn't. Well, I know I should have remembered because um, it was my fault. So very briefly, because I mean we're over time anyway, so I don't think it makes a difference. But. Um, uh, so there's a situation came up where I'd been invited to go to a conference. Right. Um, so the conference is for the university that I help with, and they've got a social work conference, and they want me to do some seminar stuff there, um, which I really want to do. Um, and also, I did a film for mental health where I hold up a sign saying, uh, "I hold up a sign," and we did some uh, video video footage for it, where it was at the university, and I hold up a sign saying, "We're not just a box to be ticked." Um, and that's all I said and then I had a voiceover just saying that what that meant in like 30 seconds so I'm going to be in this video um, and I only can see it at this conference so anyway it's an all day conference thing that I've been invited to do so that's on the 29th which clashes with Mentally Sound because this is a five week month mm-hmm. in terms of there's five weeks of Fridays um, yeah. so we would have been on the 29th so what we've agreed to do is we're going to do two weeks today instead of the 29th because so i'm able to do this so we're going to do we're not going to miss out on mentally sound it's going to be two weeks from today is when we're going to do the next march show and so we're not doing the 29th so if that makes hopefully that'll make sense yeah so we will have a three so yes we will have a three week gap between that 22nd and when you're next on in april so um but there's going to be a three-week gap no matter what time we do it so um, and so do people know where they can email questions to um, that's a really good point. We used to have an we email. Usually, um, yeah, we encourage but people to tweet, but tweet, there is tweet. a, there is There's a, a Facebook spice. page as well. Yeah. Um, is, there, uh, is it info at spicefm.co.uk? Is it info at? Um, the, yeah, it's studio at spicefm.co.uk if you want emails. But the best way to contact me and uh, Ricky directly is um, we'll have, we've got email, we've got, I, I've got an email address. It's, um, uh, it's too long to probably um, you're gonna have to spell it out properly. But what we'll do is we'll um, we'll send out a tweet or something, I guess. Maybe well, I'll put I'll it on the Facebook page. I'll saying, put it, I'll put it any on questions? Facebook to say yeah. that if people have questions. Yeah, we'll put each other's emails or something yeah. on it, and we'll we'll do it that way. I think that's the best idea. Um, but yeah, but I'm at underscore I'm 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 at geek underscore apocalypse, and you're at vivid ricky on Twitter. If you want to touch us directly, or it's at underscore mentally sound, which I've had up all all the show. So um, if you if you do it that way, yeah. even if it's during the week we will see it and then we can uh, we can discuss that question at that time um cool uh right that wraps things up thank you for vicky for mentioning that because that would have been annoying um, for, yes thank you very much <laughs> thank you to your good self for doing a great job as always you, for guests you. and whatnot it's been a really fun show um so we're going to play some ads right now um and then we'll see so we'll see you in two weeks time not three weeks time on the 22nd of march for our next show and until then um look after yourselves and we'll see you very soon for another edition of mentally sound thanks guys take care Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.